0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the first decade of Leo. Uh, I am joined here today by my good friend Janet Goodspeed. How are you doing today, Janet? Oh, I'm great. Yeah, Very warm. Is it hot where you're at as well?
1: It's hot. It's probably going to be the hottest day of the year. Oh, jeez.
0: That reminds me, that's the one thing that I did forget to do is bring the fan into my room today. So, but I think I did on purpose so that I could have like the experience of the pressure cooker that we're gonna be experiencing with this uh, Leo new moon potentially. Um, So thank you for all of you for joining us here today. If you are uh, new to the the experience here, please let us know where you're stopping in from. Uh, We have friends joining us from all around the world It's always nice to see uh, where you're coming from, to hear your your words of encouragement and your contributions in the chat here as well. If you are old friends, it's nice to see all of you as well. I'm gonna give a few people some shout outs here, Janet. We've got uh, Manuela now from Spain, who recently moved to Spain, place of stillness is joining us. Uh, Previously, I believe was in Sweden, (laughs) but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Rachel is here from Ireland. Hello, Rachel. Uh, Lynn is joining us from Vermont. Raven is stopping in from Kansas. I love this. This is one of my favorite things is having this international crowd here, stopping in and Janet, you're an international friend to the show as well, correct?
1: I sure am. I am up in Canada. I'm actually originally from really close to where you live. I'm originally from the North Shore of uh, Lake Ontario. So if you hear my Ontarian accent, that's why. Nice. I do not have a regional a, a non-regional accent. I have a very regional accent.
0: What city pasta. what city in, in Ontario?
1: I was born in Belleville.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I have cousins in Sarnia. I don't know if that's anywhere close to that, but
1: Oh, it's in there. It's yeah. it's close. They're all, it's all close.
0: I'm a I am I consider myself maybe an honorary Canadian sometimes because my grandma was born in in Canada. And I don't know if that counts for anything, but I've always... I
1: mean, my grandparents are from the UK, so technically I could get a UK passport. So nice. I think it counts a little bit.
0: Excellent. Well, Janet, um, I've been really impressed by your, uh, your work, your social media cha- channels, the, the, the craftsmanship that you do. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Um, you're, you're a jewelry maker inspired by uh, metaphysics and the tarot.
1: Yeah. So I originally got into tarot and astrology when I was about 16. Um, and I, you know, spent my entire teenagehood in like a very small area of Calgary, Alberta, where I would go to punk shows at this like cool venue. And then I would also go to this gigantic public library and get out all of the books on tarot and astrology that I could. Nice. Um And, you know, life happens. You do a bunch of weird stuff. You go to art school, you drop out, you move to a different place. Um, And then I, you know, all through that time, reading tarot for friends, reading tarot for strangers, reading tarot like professionally. Um, And then I ended up in art school again, (laughs) the second time. Um, And I was in a sculpture class with a a Swiss trained goldsmith, wow. and she inspired me to just totally change my trajectory and go to jewelry school. very cool, yeah, and then that was my goal was to just incorporate metaphysical stuff into jewelry I, they're obviously like a very good pair, and um you know, I got a little bit sidetracked with some reality stuff. Uh, Saturn return. And, (laughs) um, then I kind of got back on track recently. So now I'm actually doing a whole 22 major arcana collection of tarot card pendants.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And you've been doing some astrological study as well. Correct.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm, I, like I said, I've been into astrology for a long, long time, but, um, only recently like most people I discovered traditional astrology and that really that system really called me in in a way that I had never really like like things started to click it was like the moment the galaxy brain moment if you will where I was like this makes sense to me and so I've been just nose diving into it am i allowed to swear on this oh
0: yeah go ahead sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just just be Mars be is present in the yourself. chat
1: today yeah. let's just say
0: that whatever version of yourself you want to be today it's all it's so all
1: i've good. been fucking going for it <laughs> sure yeah i've been astrologizing
0: yeah 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 so you've been working you said you were working with with kelly surtees correct
1: yes yeah, yeah. i'm doing kelly's program class by class and it's really great i mean we love Very kelly cool. And I I love an Australian accent so much. Yeah,
0: and you were saying that you've you've gone down the astrology podcast journey, as so many of us have when we got introduced to traditional astrology, right? Yes,
1: I have had dreams about Chris Brennan. So I am officially (laughs) initiated into the mystery school of TAP.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I really love what you're saying about things kind of clicking into place that that was the experience I had when I I, I, my journey started with Demetra George, where I received Mm -hmm. her book, Astrology and the Authentic Self, which was kind of the the gateway book between modern and traditional astrology. And that's when the light bulb was like, oh, my goodness, this is something completely different. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's super fun to see that people go through that journey, that awakening. Um, and we try to help promote that here on this channel as well. So, Janet, um, you're doing talismanic jewelry, well, sort of. You're doing tarot-inspired jewelry. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, misquote. Um, they're sort of like talismans, though, right? Like, I mean,
1: yeah, I say jewelry is magic, right? Yeah. Like, even if you work in the jewelry industry and you have nothing to do with astrological talismans or amulets or anything jewelry is about story it's about telling a story it's about communicating meaning it's about finding um value in the passing on of heirlooms like it's it's a it's a historically important thing right like historically you would pass your wealth through jewelry like dowries for brides i mean that's problematic but um in our modern life but Yeah, jewelry is just a a place where you can find so much meaning. And so it's really, I find it's really cool to bring tarot into that because naturally those pieces just become imbued with that intention, right? And silver being the metal of the moon, it really can translate for people, right? Like once people start wearing the pieces that I make, they find their own experiences with it. It's really cool to hear nice. feedback from people about that
0: well and do you share your chart placements or some of your chart placements yeah okay so so silver is probably a pretty special metal for you as well right with your with your rising
1: yes yeah i'm a cancer rising cancer moon so yeah. silver is like the thing <laughs> and you're Leo- really it's actually just so funny that i ended up being a silversmith because nice. of that placement right and you've got and some Aries Leo, Leo stuff,
0: right? You're, the, you're my Leo guest today, right?
1: Yes, so, yes. I am so, a Leo thrice fold.
0: So we've got Leo sun, cancer moon, cancer rising here today. Yep. And, I, and I have to say, Janet, our promo picture that we created uh, <laughs> for this show today was the most epic I thing I think ever. We had like this, the sun and the moon, just like, you know, we, we were going to start our metal band. We've been joking. <laughs> about yeah,
1: how- I'm feeling some real metal, heavy metal vibes in the air these days oh, yeah. in the astrology. So we
0: Very can cool. talk
1: about that a little bit.
0: So Janet, <laughs> where can we find your, your work and where, where's the best place to follow you?
1: Uh, well, the best place is probably through my newsletter. So you can go to my website, which is www.goodsigil.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. You can sign up for my newsletter. I I send out, oh, you know, behind the scenes stuff and discount codes and, um, occasionally though I'm, I'm working on some exclusive things because i am starting to do astrological talismans i'm just they're nice. not prime quality right because i'm a baby at this, sure, so sure, sure. i don't want to like flood the market with crappy talismans
0: <laughs> yeah well it's all an experiment and at, at some point right you got to kind of work out the kinks first and those, those things, if they go wrong, they could go pretty wrong, right?
1: Yes, yes. So that's the best place to get the inside track. But I'm on Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook probably too somehow. Um, all the same name, Good Sigil.
0: Okay, excellent. Excellent. All right. So a couple more business things before we dive into our talk today. Um, if you are enjoying these videos here, uh, the first thing that you can do is to leave me a comment in the chat, make sure you're hitting the like button and are subscribed to the channel and both uh, Janet's newsletter, my newsletter. That's the best way to keep in touch with your favorite astrologers, jewelry makers, etc. Um, if you want to make a material donation to the show today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat box called a super sticker or a super chat, uh, that contributes to the work that we do here. Um, I also have a Deccans webinar coming up, the Deccans of Leo. Janet, you were there for the Deccans of Cancer. Um, Do you have fun? Yeah, good.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Awesome. So we're going to be doing the Deccans of Leo, which is actually my last live Deccans webinar uh, until I decide to maybe do it again. But I've gone through the entire cycle over the past year. Uh, It's been quite an endeavor, uh, lots of research. Um, lots of things learned lots of lots of humbling you know, learning all these stories and myths and fixed stars and tarot associations, but that's going to be on August the 20th at 1pm a Saturday, uh, you can still get 20% off of that using the code Leo 20. Uh, so I hope that you'll join me for that. Come and celebrate Leo season with me and the the completion of this uh, labor of love. and. And we'll see what's next on the the agenda as far as study and i'm just still trying to formulate what where i want to go next with some of the studies but i'm always curious to hear if people have ideas uh janet i'm going to take a look at the chat and welcome a few more people here today wonderful we've got amara stopping in from new jersey hello amara Tarja is joining us from Finland. Our Finland crew is back. We were missing you the last time, Finland friends. Um, Betty is joining us from El Paso. Hello, Betty. Um, Raven is giving you a nice compliment. Janet, uh, yes, you, you do great work, Janet. So I, I, we're, <laughs> she deserves all of the accolades, folks. Um, Lynn says, jewelers have always been alchemists. So I, I agree, I agree. Pretty uh, cool. Devin is here from Portland. Hello, Devin. Nice to see you as well. Uh, and then a, a Tanya, another Tanya, another cancer rising uh, jeweler Tanya is here today. So that is very cool. And thank you, Devin, for your super chat. I really appreciate it, my friend. Um, okay, so thank you for stopping in. Again, it's so wonderful to have all of you here as a community. I love what we've built here together as friends. And um, let's let's dive into it. All right, Janet, big picture thoughts for some of this. Uh, oh, we got a question coming up. It says uh, oh, we, we, people are talking amongst themselves in the chat, which is co- which okay. is cool. All right. So, so Janet, some big picture thoughts about the, the time that we're living through in, in, in space or the, the space weather that we're going through here. What do you think?
1: Um. You know, what I was thinking about today, and this was partly inspired by your notes, but I was thinking about how that going through this, this new moon that's about to happen is very much like the camel threading the needle. What is that saying? It's Uh, like we're passing through something that's like, it feels like a squeeze, like we're going through and I I don't know what's going to happen on the other side. I think there's a lot of like signatures that could be pretty explosive or you know expansive in the nicest way to say it but like there's like a a feeling of breaking through so there's this like sort of squeezing through something right now
0: yeah this is some of the hardest astrology of the entire year isn't it that we're coming up on in the next couple weeks is it threading a camel through the eye of a needle something something (laughs) like that (laughs) that's a big animal to shove through a tiny a tiny space so but it's funny you bring that up because uh, that is our animal for this new moon the camel um, we've gotten that in some times before but the camel is a very well adapted animal especially for heat for harsh conditions and we'll talk about that as we go along um, we are talking about the new moon today that's going to be happening on july the 28th uh, which i believe is thursday depending on where you are in the world uh, at 1:55 pm eastern time uh, make the necessary adjustments for your time zone. And this is happening at about five degrees of Leo. Uh, we're also going to talk about the hexagram number 36 today, moving to hexagram 52 at the end of the show. Well, we've got a number of things to cover today, Janet. We've got uh, we've got tarot. We've got myths, Egyptian myths. We've got Greek myths. We've got heroic myths. Um, <laughs> we've got malefic enclosures <laughs> that I just kind of like... Uh, kind of caught before we went live here it wasn't originally in my notes and i was looking at the the chart today i was like oh shit <laughs> that's a malefic enclosure of mercury that'll be fun so we'll uh we'll try to break all that down here um today and uh we got another friend just stopping in Remco's here from the Netherlands i hope that the heat is breaking for you Remco i know that we've been talking about these massive heat waves that have been going on in Europe and in uh, North America here as well um I think we'll talk about that with Sekhmet as well. Like that was some something in the story about that lion headed goddess trying to destroy mm-hmm. humanity. But maybe we all need to make a blood sacrifice or blood blood beer sacrifice, we'll, right? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But Janet, um, what, what do you say we pull the chart up and uh, start looking at just the, the basics of this new moon? And then we'll kind of flip back and forth between some of the tarot stuff. Um, so here we've got the chart of july the 28th uh 1 p.m eastern time as i was saying can you see that janet oh yeah all right so friends we have the sun and the moon at five degrees of leo um we have mars making an overcoming square uh that's applying to both mercury and uranus and the north node um the moon is peregrine uh we're in the terms of jupiter we've got some tarot associations with the five of wands um what do you think here janet what do you what are you seeing just with with this big layout here right away what is what is popping out to you
1: well we're st- we're coming into that trine the the sun and moon well the moon will hit it first obviously with with jupiter and aries which is pretty fun yeah that's like a very getting high on your own supply situation um like very puffed up sort of exciting i'm partial to fire (laughs) signs so (laughs) this sounds fun to me but i feel like it could have some some negative implications too if you just go too far with things especially with all of the other signatures that are about to happen right
0: yeah i think i think that that is the one um you know, maybe mitigating aspect potentially to some of the other challenging things. Although, as you point out, moderation is the key. Um, You know, that Jupiter's hanging out in a decan of Aries that is very much, it's very martial. It's one of the most martial places in the Zodiac. Um, It's a Mars world decan where we're trying to sever and separate from the collective to conquer a new territory that's what the tarot the two of wands and that talks about and that's problematic in in modern times as far as like we're trying to unravel the challenges of of dealing with the fallout of colonialism and things of that nature yeah. um and I'm, cur- I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on how to reimagine those aries cards in particular for maybe a modern sensibility do you have any thoughts off the top of your head with that
1: well, that's my, I mean, Jupiter is pretty close to my midheaven right now. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually in the second decan of Aries because I'm okay. right over the border. But um, yeah, I think it just has to do with with bringing, bringing that spirit or fire in a way that's less destructive and less yeah. um, self-oriented, which is hard to grapple with when you're talking about Aries. but. Um, I mean, Aries is the the self starting out and joining up with others, right? So I think there's potential there.
0: Yeah,
1: I think an interesting um, sort of manifestation of this is that the the Pope is currently in Canada, oh wow, apologizing for residential schools, and I can't speak to that too much because I'm not an Indigenous person, but sure. just the the Jupiter moon contact with the like the pope and the people it's a it's an interesting uh alignment of of happenings
0: that's what yeah that's one of the things i've been kind of speaking a little bit about on this channel is canada's seemingly more willingness to deal with their problematic past than potentially here in america which is is pretty frustrating where a lot of a lot of American politics want to just sweep a lot of that stuff under the rug and just pretend like it never happened where I'm sure that it's not perfect in Canada, uh, yet, but, (laughs) but at least there seems to be some acknowledgement that there was a, there was an issue, right?
1: Yeah. It's a process, right? It's an ongoing reckoning. Um, and you know, we, as settlers, white settlers have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, And obviously there's, there's contingents in Canada that are, that don't want to deal with that at all and don't see it as a problem. So um, I think it's our responsibility to, to, to reckon with that, to experience the feelings and to, you know, put our, put our feet on the ground and protect the environment and fight to get water to people who don't have clean drinking water. And, you know.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the, the biggest, I see that as the biggest crisis that we're facing right now. I mean, yes, we have these interpersonal challenges that are symptoms of that bigger or, or that are maybe even contributing to that bigger problem. Um, but the, the ecological crisis right now, I don't know how much louder ha- the alarm bells need to be ringing for us to maybe start to take some action. This is something I'm getting really frustrated about with American politicians is the just the doing nothing about it, just watching it happen and watching people line their pockets uh, while, while the earth burns. So very frustrating, and I think this is reflective of, you know, as we record this, there's a Mars Mercury square that's perfecting. I think we're, everybody's feeling a little fired up today. (laughs) Like, so, so we're kind of dealing with some, we may be talking about some topics that bring up some strong emotions today, which I think is good. Some of that can be really cathartic. Um, The reason we were chatting about uh, some of those issues and challenges around Aries 1 is because that that deck in that card is called dominion uh according to the golden dawn and really a lot of the themes around the two of wands card uh, and you brought some great decks with you today i'm I'm really curious to see some of these other decks because i'm i've been really sticking with the rider weight as i learned tarot over over the last i don't know maybe two or three years i'm a fairly a tarot newbie on some level um compared to the card slingers that have been doing it much longer but uh, I'm pretty intense about my study, though. So,
1: <laughs> oh yes, you are very intense about your um, study.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a little too intense sometimes, but but it, here's the Rider Waite version where we've got the Two of Wands, where someone you know someone compared this to even Alexander the Great thinking about what new territory they wanted to conquer. So there's some some problematic things around that, but if we think about it metaphorically, it could be about how do we establish sovereignty. I think we can learn how to establish personal sovereignty. And I- any initiatory Deccan is going to, I think, a lot of the times establish what the challenge is, and then we move towards maybe the, the balanced energy and then maybe an excess of the energy or the results of it if we keep pursuing it, you know, ex- to, to, I don't know, excessive ends with the third Deccan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what do you have there for your other, I'm going to stop the share here for a second, because I'd like to go back and forth and see these cards, this is great. So we've got the two of wands here is that the toth deck
1: yeah okay
0: so tell me more about some symbols that we have in that deck there
1: honestly i don't have them all memorized this deck is so freaking dense i'd have to get my book out but i've got so it i see right mars
0: here, so. we've got mars right <laughs> yeah
1: mars and aries right there
0: right so so one of the yeah. ways you can think about decanic tarot is you've got a planet that rules the particular deck in in the sign so in this case with this two of wands we're talking about we have mars in aries so a really fired up Mars um, we're going to be talking today also about the five of Wands which is a continuation of that suit of Wands um, and that element of fire where and I think it's I think it's appropriate to talk a little bit about the transition from Aries to Leo because Aries initiates that fiery ambition and what we're seeing is this you know, we, we're trying to figure out what our goals are, what are, how we individuate, how we create personal sovereignty through through Aries, how we create our own royalty, our, our kingship on some level with your second decan of, of Aries on the midheaven, right, with the, the sun's decan, um, the exaltation of the sun. But then we get into Leo, and we see in this first decan of Leo a competition, Right. Where we, you know, we've maybe established some personal sovereignty, we know, we know what we aren't. I think this is what the the first second of Aries is really doing is saying, this is this is not what I am this I'm going to establish who I am through the process, but I'm going to reject what I'm not right. And then we've got here, the five of wands with this mock competition, what do you what what are some of the um, the vibes you get from the five of wands card. Oh
1: boy. Um yeah, I mean, that's a funny card in in this deck. This is my original Rider-Waite deck and this card nice. is actually completely um soaked in root beer cuz I dropped a <laughs> root beer in my bag at some point <laughs> or was like during a reading. But yeah, um upset, right? Yeah. Like the four is is such a structured foundational number. And so once you've got a 5 in there, you're breaking it apart. Um, and so competition and striving to, to, to break out of that foundation or to break out of that structure, um, you know, it's a Saturn one, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're touching on the name of the, the golden Dawn name, the Lord of strife, where we're talking about striving we've got a planetary ruler Saturn in the sun's house. So inherently, we're already dealing with tension, with opposites in the thema mundi, with the sun and with Saturn. So to me, Saturn binds us to things. It says you have to do this. It's like, all right, here, you, whether you want to do it or not, it's your time in the in the spotlight. Like Austin would say, it it's it's time to perform, right? It's time to step up. It's time to shine your light. No more incubating like we would in cancer it's time to to go out of the nest and uh proliferate <laughs> your your vision or whatever it is right um but that can be uncomfortable at first i think that's one of the things that i think about with this deck is the saturn also can be related to fear sometimes and feeling afraid uh and it, there could be this dual duality to this deck where we really hunger for establishing an authenticity, like being uh, the same externally as we feel internally, which is how I would define that, but also feeling a little bit of like, uh, Austin would call it stage fright, or a little bit of like, we're dipping our toe into a new experience. It's like, ah, this is scary. Like, so the, the nerves, right?
1: Yeah, I love I love what Austin Coppock has to say about um, this deck and it's pretty cool. Um, that that feeling of of needing the light, but also, you know, once you're in there, once you're in the spotlight, if you've ever been on stage, if you've ever performed, like you can't see anybody else. It's right. just you. You have to perform. You that's the fear. That's the pressure. You become, you know, elevated. You're put on the spot. It's you have to, you have to perform. You have to break through. It's really those two things kind it of
0: gets connect. real, it gets real quiet on stage. I, I was a professional musician for 20 years and it, uh, I will say I got real nervous before performing, the, the the time leading up to the performance was always fraught with anxiety. And I still experience that a little bit with like my webinars when I'm like trying to prepare and I get really anxious. A lot of it is because we want people to like us and to respect us on some level too. It's trying to gain audience approval on some level. But I do know that as a Leo ascendant, and you probably feel this with all your Leo placements as well, when the spotlight does flip on, it's like, you're like, all right, it's just something happens and you're just in it. And I, people have said that I've had that quality where it's like, oh, it just looks like a switch flip. You were such a mess when you were going up there, then you seem so calm when the when the lights turned down. I was like, yeah, I don't know, I just, it just happens. And I think that might be a Leo kind of thing is there's a switch that, that, that a Leo placement can flip um, where you are just like, all right, it's the sun's time to shine, right?
1: I don't have any placements in this decan actually all of my leo stuff is in um the second and third decan but I do have a very very close um sun saturn square so I know that feeling of of being you know triangulated against yourself and against your your greatest fears but once you I think fear is such a powerful thing because once you just completely submit yourself to it um, it flows through you. Like yeah. if you allow that energy to move through you. And that's one thing I love about this card is it's active. Like it's right. happening. It's right. like, whether you want it to or not, it's, it's moving. There's, you will be confronted. You will experience it.
0: Yeah. Five shake things up, don't they? I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like, all right, it's time to get time to get moving. Um, you know, another author that we both really enjoyed T Susan Chang with 36 secrets she she has a great way of contextualizing each of the decans in like a chronological way that I really mm. appreciate, and she she talks a lot about the transition with uh, Leo. You've got the, the the competition, right? Like you've got the the victor, and then you're trying to defend whatever you've established, right? So there's the there's the three decans of Leo that we're, the journey that we're going through. So here we're in the All right, it's the mock, it's the mock battle you know, the stakes may be, you know, it's not like a life or death scenario, although it might feel like this. This, I used to teach songwriting classes at a, at a community college. And oftentimes what I would tell my students is that in the course of human evolution, being ostracized from the group would feel like life threatening. Like you needed the group's approval to be able to survive. But in potentially in modern times, and this may or may not actually be true now, I think we still need each other to survive, but it may not be the stakes when you're going up and playing a song may not necessarily be life or death, even though it it taps into the same instinctual place where you feel like you're dying. (laughs) People aren't really excited about what you're doing. Um, I
1: mean, I felt like I was dying when we went live, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you're what are well, you doing you're doing great janet and i love what you're you you're all leoing out today i love this so you've got your i have to
1: it's my time
0: this yeah my
1: time of year that's all my returns it's like my venus my lunar my mercury return it's all happening so so, so you've got there's the a couple of great comments thing. in the chat right now oh, what actually do we got?
0: why don't you uh what do we got here what do you see oh
1: i just i love someone clarified the camel comment okay it's a biblical saying it's easier for if this is rachel it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven
0: okay good thank so you. so that rachel.
1: brings another whole yeah. layer of
0: absolutely
1: of meaning to that so
0: and that's one of the other struggles i think we're seeing with with climate changes the the corporate oligarchy's uh, insistence on more and more and more right to, to the ex- at the expense of the populace right so that that could have some ramifications there for sure. Um, yeah, and then yeah, go Devin's
1: ahead. got a good one about the two of wands um, cutting and separating ourselves from the colonial construct.
0: There you go. I like that, Devin. Yeah, see, this is what's great I about like our community that. here. We've got really great thinkers. And I love that people are able to, to kind of just add to this uh hive mind that we've created here you know because it brings su- such amazing insights so that's great devin i know devin does a lot of work out in portland with um you know trying to promote equality and, and and things of that nature and is involved in creating the the new type of society that may be more fair and 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 is moving on from some of these oppressive uh systems so uh, yeah, cutting and separating ourselves from colonial construct, there you go. So we've, we've turned the archetype on its head and yeah. realizing that we, we still need to reject something or, and we do need to kind of like create some kind of new um, territory, but one that's maybe more egalitarian and reflective of the need to band together as a global community to tackle some of the real challenges that face all of us in this modern time period. Okay, yeah. And Rachel's saying, I think that fear is a very healthy, normal response. So good to be open about it. I agree, Rachel. I th- I think that fear sometimes gets a bad rap. Um, oftentimes, fear is the thing that keeps you alive in the in the challenging moment. It, just a little bit, not all of it. You know, like healthy res- fear. I I equate also to like a healthy respect and for whatever it, it is that is making you afraid. Like for example, if you're uh, if you get the adrenaline rush of like walking out into the street and a car is about to hit you, yeah, you're afraid and you move your ass out of the way, right? It's a, it's a survival instinct. Um, and we may feel a little bit of that too as we move forward through these, these astrological um, trials by fire is we may get our adrenaline response uh, activated where we have to kind of keep our wits about us um, and res- have a healthy respect for maybe just the forces of nature, for the forces of crisis, and how do we move through those crises um, rather than, than I don't know, going off in so many chaotic directions that it's not as effective as it could be the response, right? Okay, so we've got this five of wands here that's representing the sun and the moon in our new new moon. Um, you know Austin Kopic of course calls it the spotlight. T Susan Chang calls it under pressure combining the Saturnian constriction that we feel with the, the fiery uh, heat of the sun. Um, the daimon here is Hephaestus, which I thought was extremely uh, appropriate. And I was thinking about you and Hephaestus with the, your, your metalworking and your ability to create these divinely inspired objects. And uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts on Hephaestus? I know that you have I thought you had a story about Hephaestus and your connection.
1: Oh, no, I was just doing some research over the last couple of days about Hephaestus. And and I I just, uh, I mean, he's got some some problematic stuff going on, right? Because he was cast out of Olympus because he wasn't like, a com- like complete enough or like
0: right.
1: because he had a, a, an impairment or a disability. So I think yeah. that kind of speaks to some things that were going through right now too in terms of like disability justice and awareness of people who like need need our support through the pandemic and are left behind by the fact that people just want to move on and um,
0: yeah yeah that's challenging but yeah I
1: do I I, I'm not a blacksmith blacksmithing is very different from silversmithing but I do occasionally use hammers and anvils right
0: I mean, it's a, it's it's not a one to one correlation, but it's kind of you it's know very close, yeah. rotting things with fire and like you know working hard with your hands and you know Hephaestus. I, yeah, go ahead.
1: Is he associated with also Virgo one?
0: Yeah, you know that was interesting because in Austin's book he talks about Hephaestus in Virgo one. He's not actually the Daimon of Virgo one, mm-hmm. but I think that this was Austin's kind of like. Mm, he thought the energy of virgo 1 was very similar so mm-hmm. we've got virgo 1 here right which is i think that that is where that's coming from um but yeah the hard work like the laboring this is this is janet working hard on her
1: that's where my lot of fortune is
0: is it nice yeah. so
1: and your your jupiter too right
0: my jupiter yeah exactly so we're laboring away <laughs> for for uh, the sake of I don't know what it would be for the sake of. I, don't, I, I the word that is popping into my mind is is purification. Uh, the word that comes up for me with Virgo a lot is disgust. I don't know if you feel this a lot, but I, I have a strong uh, disgust instinct where if something is out of order, I've I I just have to fix it (laughs) like uh most recently with my refrigerator where my refrigerator was like so messy and disorganized that every morning i'd have to move a million things to get to what i wanted and i can't tell you janet how much joy it brought me over the last week we got these little like shelves that are clear that are organizational shelves that you can pull out and put back in and just every time now i pull a shelf out and i can everything's in its right spot i'm just like Oh my God! This is so amazing. I
1: mean, You've little... got Virgo problems.
0: I know. Virgo
1: <laughs> solutions.
0: Right, but but it's it's so I I made me so happy. Like and I, I my daughter has Jupiter in Virgo too, and she I, I showed her one day I was like, look at this, and we were we are kind of making fun of my partner because my partner was like, what? Why are you so excited about this? I was like, I just this is. This is, you've just given us the greatest gift in the world by helping us with this. And I'm like, Sophie, go look at this. And she's like, ooh, (laughs) this really great response to it. So um, yeah, it's the little things, but but Hephaestus, right? Hephaestus, the divine blacksmith, um, of course, yes. Born with a a congenital impairment at birth, um, was a son of Zeus and Hera in some myths. In other myths uh, was created, par- was the word parthenogenically? I think it is self-created by Hera. Oh, yeah. yeah. In response to Zeus self-creating Athena. So there's various versions of this. Um, some say that that he had uh, a disability from birth. Others say that he gained his uh, impairment by being cast off of Olympus by Zeus or by Hera, actually, in disgust. There were, There's various versions of this that some say that Zeus cast him off the mountain for defending Hera. Um, others say it was Hera that was like, this is not perfect. So see you later. Uh, so that there's some, that that I find interesting because this Deccan is Saturn ruled and, and one of the significations with Saturn is exile. So I think that one of the things that you could, I could see, like if you were born with Saturn in Leo, or you have strong placements here is maybe feeling that your light is denied for a period of time right where it is it is eclipsed it is uh dampened and there's a there's a lifelong battle to be to be able to bring that light to the surface so there's challenge around it right um what else we got anything else with uh with Hephaestus here
1: well there's the cool tie-in that we were talking about um there's a the story of Hephaestus and Dionysus riding donkeys Mm. into battle right and the braying of the donkeys was what scared off their their um match and so that feels that
0: feels like very 80s like Mattel toy thing like battle donkeys
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's but it's also like incredibly metal like heavy metal oh yeah (laughs) the braying of donkeys (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) have you ever heard a donkey bray it's oh yeah it's it's special it's so great
0: it's crazy um yeah so so we are referring to the fixed stars that that are in this deccan, right so we've got um acellus borealis uh the the northern donkey or the northern star in that pair and acellus australis which is i believe the southern unless i'm getting those mixed up i think that's correct um and those are at about seven and nine degrees of leo um, we, yeah, the, the, donkeys of Dionysus, they were, uh, associated with Hephaestus, but also there's some stories that talk about that. They, uh, helped Dionysus across a very hot marsh or like a marsh when he was like, like melting in the heat of the sun. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tie in too
1: a donkey quality, right? <laughs>
0: um, you know, a service animal, right? So something that's really trying to be of service, uh, something that is very tough. And that has a lot of utilitarian use as well, like as far as like as a good service animal on the farm you you're saying you you had a rural background
1: right? I did grow up on a farm, but it we weren't like a functional working farm, we were more of a hobby farm, but I grew nice. up around a lot of um work animals and you know food animals, so we didn't have donkeys, we had turkeys, and they're just as horrifying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In terms of the noises they make oh yeah they're actually quite terrifying
0: you know the, the, really the worst animal sound i've ever heard is a guinea fowl scream have you ever, you ever have experiences with them oh, <laughs> Boy, <laughs> those things they'll scare the crap out of you um but yes turkeys are loud peacocks are really loud if we're talking about loud animals and um <laughs> so we digress. Well, we yeah exactly. All right, so we we have these fixed stars that are talking about. Um, one of them is a little bit more um, less harsh than the other. The 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 northern donkey is a little bit less harsh. The 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 southern one's kind of a jackass and can like really be kind of a pain in your butt. That one in the in a lot of the stories was the one that would would buck and wouldn't do what it was told and like kind of was very rebellious. So uh, there, there's some, some themes that could come in with that as well. Uh, let's see what else we have here. One other thing that I wanted to chat about with the Five of, uh, the five of Wands was this, the, the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, Sephira, um, oh. Gavura, or Gabura. Uh, I've heard two different uh, pronunciations. This is Gavura in the world of Atziluth, which is the, the, the fire uh, world, or the, um, I don't know, the spirit ETHER WORLD ON SOME LEVEL, AND Gavora IS A MARS uh, ENERGY CENTER, I GUESS YOU COULD CALL IT, I DON'T EVEN KNOW WHAT TO CALL THE Sephira NECESSARILY, BUT THESE PATHWAYS, AND THAT that TREE OF LIFE HAS THESE TWO ENERGY CENTERS, FOR THOSE UNFAMILIAR, WE'VE GOT LIKE HESED OVER HERE, WHICH IS A JUPITER Sephira. Gavura OVER HERE, WHICH IS MARS, AND THEN YOU HAVE THE STRENGTH CARD IN BETWEEN, RIGHT, THAT IS A PATHWAY. In between those two to balance them out um so you have some mars uh you have a mars midheaven um what do you think about the relationship with Gavura and this five of wands energy and maybe how do we set limits to our passions on that in regards to like movement from the four
1: oh yeah um i mean the four is one of my favorite favorite cards yeah. in the deck just i i just adore it for some reason The four of wands um but yeah i think i think it speaks to a word that i don't actually see a lot in describing the strength card but commitment which mm-hmm. is like the strength card is usually talking about like defeating the animal or not defeating but overcoming the animal passions right Right, right. there's like the thoth deck calls it lust as well so you've got like those passions bubbling up um and the you know the story of of heracles with the lion and needing to to use actually his hands to defeat the lion um speaks to that like the the necessity of using the body to overcome what is the body, what is what makes us up, um, and so I think that that one of my keywords for strength is always commitment. It's like mm. you're, and that's very Saturnian, yeah. um, but so maybe not so much the the Jupiter Mars connection, but that is a way to work with that Jupiter Mars, which can be so extreme like those two energies can cause things to just explode so much which is also what we're aren't we getting that with the oh no that's that's mercury
0: yeah well <laughs> it's i mean it's all wrapped up in it isn't it i mean yeah. it, there, there's so many layers to all of this um you know when we've got that strength card like you were alluding to uh the the Nemean lion which was one of the labors of hercules actually the first labor of hercules um where you know just a quick background with hercules which who i think is a very solar symbol right Mm. there's been various astrologers that have have talked about the labors of hercules reflecting the movement of the sun over a solar year through throughout different parts of the zodiac which i think is very fascinating Um, i think that we've got hercules who uh was one of Zeus's children. And, and of course, there's a paramour that, that he mated with that made Hera very angry. And and Hera, you know, drove um, Hercules to madness to the point where he committed infanticide, which was one of the most horrific things you could do. I mean, even now, but back then it was that was like the, the greatest sin, quote unquote, that you could commit uh, besides hubris to the gods, right? And, uh, you know, Hera basically made him go um, sublimate himself to a, a, a king. Uh, I can never pronounce the king's name. It's it's that E name, Eurythseus. Euryth- Euryth- oh, yes. yes. I think that's it. There's, yeah, there's Eurythseus. There's too many consonants with S's. <laughs> that one. But, but basically, that was Hera's chosen champion to be kind of king of humanity, whereas Zeus wanted uh, Her- Heracles to be this. Um, so Heracles had to kind of humble himself before Hera's chosen leader, and in, in this this king sent him on all these these very challenging missions to to atone for his 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 the loss of control of his instinctual nature. I would call it on some level. So to to me, I see that strength card just exactly like you were saying. Like, how do we utilize the power of our you know humility, the power of our our will, our mind to overcome some of the animal instinctual forces that, that when left unchecked can wreak havoc in our, in our lives and with people that were, uh, we love even too. That's the thing too. This isn't someone that this wasn't a, a foe of Hercules. He hurt the people he loved.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think this was something that to think about through this new moon too, is sometimes we save the most challenging battles for the, our loved ones and um it's uh absolutely you know I was talking to you before that we came on live I've been going through this with the transition with a, a, a child growing into adulthood and wanting to establish sovereignty and wanting to establish independence and the last few weeks before moving out, and how painful that can be for both parent and child, and like some of the the challenges of learning a new role. I think that's another thing to tie in with this new moon, Janet, is, you know, Austin talks about wearing a mask, you know, trying on a new role. And, and sometimes there's, there's a discomfort period when we figure out what our new role is. Like, you can feel a little bit lost when you're trying on this new persona, this new identity that is necessary to move forward. If you were trying to treat people in the way of the old role, uh, that's when you can can really create, I guess, evils on the on the earth is, is trying to hang on to something that isn't vital anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And we seem to be doing this as a collective too. We've got people that want to hang on to an old reality that really only benefited a, a certain amount of people. But uh, in addition, there is some like nostalgia for something that, you know, <laughs> may not have even been real. Does that make sense? Yeah, especially here in America, as a Cancerian country, there's this longing for this past that didn't, it really never existed. And and there's a, I guess, mythology, or if you want to be more harsh about it, propaganda around it that was fed to us as young people here in this country as well. And I'm sure that this happened in Canada to a certain degree as well, Um, maybe a little bit less. So I don't know, I didn't, I didn't grow up there. So you'll have to speak to that. Um, But in America, there was always this like, Uh, I don't know, trying to feed our heads with this is the greatest place in the world to be. And, you know, we need to help everyone else. And and if we could only get back to this certain glory, (laughs) and it's just like so sad when we've, we've had so much information to the contrary of, of how that reality was not true for everyone that um, reconciling with that is it's painful, I think for a lot of people. And, how do we come into to alignment with the new roles that we need to play with one another right what do you think about that what's the, what's the canadian version of that and the canadian experience of that
1: oh that's a good question um you know a lot of a lot of what we were you know a lot of what was shoved down our throats propaganda wise was um, that we weren't American, <laughs> <laughs> right. right? So there was this contrast, but we're, we're more alike than, than you could ever imagine. Right. It's, yeah. um, it's just, there was more of a focus on, on, um, being like apologetic. I mean, obviously everyone knows about, sorry, to mm. say sorry. P- politeness, um,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and and being helpers right. but I don't I don't think I think that that actually is a mask right
0: yeah 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 that, that
1: is a bit of an illusion right. um we talked briefly and I'm not a I'm not a, a I'm not a professional astrologer everyone. But, <laughs> but I'm definitely not a, a mundane astrologer but we talked briefly before this about the like a few of the different proposed birth charts for Canada. And one of them is an Aries rising, which a lot of people wouldn't necessarily t- take, but it's got Neptune right on the ascendant there. Wow. And I think that that really speaks a lot to um, a potential way that Canada could be seen as a nation. Right? What is the, a really sun, really good... what's
0: the sun sign that, that, in that chart?
1: Oh, also cancer.
0: Cancer. Okay. Yeah. So dueling cancer uh, suns, right?
1: Yeah. Cause our, our birth, our birthday, would be July first.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense then, because then we, what we do share, is that kind of um, what Liz Green would call oroboric incest—this <laughs> longing to return to the womb and to, to be in this like protected, you know, safe space where you know we're, we're we can be very kind to our own kin that we see as part of our family but then the other is kept at bay or are externalized with that hard shell type of thing um although that's not even necessarily true with the way that both countries have treated their indigenous people as well so it's yeah so much going on so is remind me how how much newer is canada or older than america is canada also going through a pluto return
1: Oh no, no! I think Canada's only like one hundred and fifty-six or something, okay. maybe one hundred and fifty-seven. I haven't been paying attention because I don't celebrate yeah. Canada Day.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it's making you know the the way that things are going, it makes sometimes it makes it hard to like celebrate any of these archaic patriotism-based holidays, right? Um, I I personally just I like to eat, so on certain days I'll still eat, but I'm not gonna oh, yeah. I'm not gonna call it anything else. Rather than like yeah. I love this food day. Here's hot dog and and turkey day, <laughs> like you know like that's kind of how I see it on some level. Um, we've got some really great comments coming in, uh, new folks yeah. stopping in. So I want to acknowledge the folks that are stopping in. Um, Daniel mm-hmm. says uh, Daniel Norman. Hello, Daniel.
1: Daniel is a uh, Leo one son.
0: Oh, so this is a, a, a friend of yours as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nice.
0: Well, thank you for bringing Daniel to the chat. Welcome, Daniel. i um, saying perhaps Hephaestus and the donkeys point to something about usefulness in Leo one. Yeah, um, wanting to be of service on some level, right? Um Daniel, I think t- to that point, I will say that the what I've learned at being in Leo rising and north node, I would say, is that part of being a good leader, is always keeping service in your in your mind with leadership. When you when you utilize your spotlight, when you utilize your platform for service and for uplifting others, that's when I think that the energetic forces support it. When you utilize that platform for self serving interests and for just ego based things, which which I consider uh, the opposite of modesty. The I Ching talks about modesty, be, having the the goal be more important than the ego. So I think that that can be reflected in this this um, Leo one thing too. So that's a that's a great point, Daniel. Um, we've got Darren stopping by from the UK. D, hello D. It's okay. Uh, Portia is here. Urania Universe is here, uh, going to be joining me on August the third to talk about the full moon of this cycle, which is very cool. So welcome, Portia. Prudence is here as well. Hello, Prudence. Um, am I missing him? Taria T is here. We've got the the two Tarias are tarias. talking in the <laughs> I can't even think of more alliteration there but welcome Tarya. um let's see nat is stopping in from the uk Cherry's channel is that's a new name is coming from chico california welcome cherry uh, i think you are from the same city as my one of my favorite uh, american football players aaron Rodgers. Uh, i'm thinking about that today because uh training camp is starting for the green bay packers my 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 team um and uh i will say this this is kind of funny aaron Rodgers, who is a problematic figure lately because he has some very he has some views that i don't agree with especially when it comes to the pandemic and things like that but he has a he's a sagittarius and he has a lot of he has a sagittarian sense of humor where he's constantly kind of messing with people and he shows up at training camp in different like costumes sort of and today he showed up at training camp dressed as a uh the the um the guy from con air <laughs> like what is a uh, nicholas cage from con air with like the, <laughs> like the the like what is what is that thing called the the tank top and the long hair the long greasy hair um it was pretty i have to admit it was it was pretty funny like i have some some issues with with aaron Rodgers, he's kind of a dick sometimes uh but that was pretty funny so thank you that's a long way of saying welcome cherry from chico california Well,
1: look at her her comment they graduated from the same high school you did awesome daniel's saying go packers so you're not alone here spencer
0: that's awesome that's awesome so say hi to aaron Rodgers if he's in the neighborhood for me because um yeah yeah cherry you'll have to tell us what his character is really like because he he plays his cards a little close to the vest sometimes like like i said he's got some so he's He's gone on an interesting journey lately, but uh, he's a great football player, and i, I, that I
1: digression I, is great yeah. because it actually makes me think about how this card is is it's playful too yeah yeah, and it's there's the the idea of mock battle right like to be challenged is a way to to come up, to to float to the top or to to achieve leadership, right like people can yeah. see you in action doing the thing that you need to do in order to be you know mvp or whatever Mm. i don't know sports no you're you're
0: right on track i mean aaron Rodgers is a four-time most valuable player of the national football league and and i will say this too t susan chang (laughs) does mention him in her book, 36 Secrets, oh, really? oh, in regards really to, to Leo 3. <laughs> so okay. He, he does get a shout out. That's in this hilarious. Book, because her son is a huge Packers fan. So I thought that was pretty funny <laughs> as well. Um, all right. So, yes, go Packers, Dan, Daniel says. Uh, Cherry, same high uh- school. Very, this is a small world, isn't it? Uh, it is. And uh, Mortal and Wild is here from UK. Uh, what did you miss? Well, you've missed a few things, but <laughs>
1: mostly just me being a chaotic Mercury retrograde combust person.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm right there with you. I've got Mercury retrograde combust in the twelfth house, so <laughs> we're
1: just how on. is this chat even happening? How are we even doing this live stream?
0: <laughs> Preparation a uh, a uh let's see i do have a um an outline that we've been roughly not following we're, we're roughly not following the outline <laughs> but it's going very well we're, we're doing our cancerian thing here with going sideways and and you know it's yeah all, it's, you
1: gotta it's, feel it out you that's right Feel it out.
0: exactly we're feeling it out today um so we've got uh carol is mortal and wild joining us from the uk welcome carol dimphy is here from the netherlands it's good to see you dimphy I'm looking to see if, if Cheryl Cherry has any more Aaron Rodgers tidbits. Uh, he was a few years ahead of me, but definitely left his mark on the school. Okay. Uh, no idea I would have contributed so much to the conversation today, Cherry. Oh, we're so happy that you're here though. Um, <clears throat> Devin says getting challenged is also how we get pulled out of the Four of Cups, which is kind yes. a kind of complacency. Yes, yes. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's a great point, I love Devin. That. Right. Uh, we finally have to say hey you you've been meditating under the bodhi tree long enough you you've satisfied all your bodily desires now it's time to find purpose that's that's the transition i think between four of cups and five of wands on on some level um remco says five of wands perhaps being sh- uh, scouted at a high school game growing and rising to visibility oh i like that i like that yeah i like that yeah, and Lynn's talking about all my Virgo placements. <laughs> Lynn, you have no idea. When I small, <laughs> small child, me knew every single player on the Green Bay Packers from player one through player fifty-three. Or now, it, I know all of them through the ninety-man roster, and I could probably recite statistics to you like off the top of my head. It, it's pretty weird what sticks in a Cancerian slash Virgo brain. You know, when you're collecting all this stuff. But I would, I would have my grandparents, and forgive me for a nice memory here, but my grandparents were from Milwaukee. And I would go up to visit them uh, on the weekends and watch football. The uh, Packers was like a religion in that state of Wisconsin, right? It was one of the only good childhood memories, not the only, but it was a good childhood memory in a broken home. It was a place of stability and security. So that's why I have such a passion for it. And I would have, when I moved to Michigan, I would have my grandparents mail me the newspaper from Milwaukee so I could look at the box scores and the articles around it. That's how obsessed I was as a young child with like statistics and like sports and competition. I mean, I think it is a Leo thing. The other thing I will say is that, you know, traditionally the summer Olympics happen during Leo season as well. And that is one of the themes I, I saw come into play, especially with the second decan of Leo. The six of wands with the 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 laurel the the crown of laurels which was what would crown a victor um so i love the olympics i don't i don't know about you but the olympics was one of my favorite things growing up because it was competition but it was also a time that nations would make peace with one another to come together for sport the internationalness of what what really appealed to me as a young person now I understand now that there's some problematic things about it that it's not the perfect idealistic thing that I thought it was, but, um, but yeah, I. But I digress. <laughs>
1: the Olympics. I mean, it speaks yeah. to a lot of these Leo themes, right? right. Um, and especially the five of five and six. Um, yeah, I live in a city where we've host we hosted the Olympics about 12 years ago, and so that really changed the city and not in some not good ways. So. Sure.
0: Sure. Anytime you are hosting a huge event with masses of people coming that creates all sorts of challenges. I I have a small version of that by living near Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the University of Michigan is where they have a football stadium that holds over 100,000 people. And when football happens, everything just kind of shuts down. There's traffic issues, all sorts of infrastructure challenges when you've got that going on. But uh, yeah, Raven's pointing out my cancerian nostalgia. Yes guilty as charged It is
1: very strong (laughs) it's it's real
0: (laughs) it's real it's real do you do you get this what are you nostalgic for janet
1: oh yeah i'm i'm super nostalgic just yesterday i was out with some friends we went to the lake because it's really hot here and we went and had we got ice cream cones afterwards and i was like i am very specific about what kind of ice cream i want and i you know, I go in there and I want that double chocolate raspberry, but nice. I saw the tiger tail and I had to have the tiger tail because tiger tail was my brother's favorite ice cream and he's a cancer. And I just like was inspired, but tiger tail is a really funny ice cream. It's orange with black licorice streaks. Wow.
0: I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Is this it's a Canadian. Canadian? Is it Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like, we don't have that in America. And if we do, it's maybe it's called something else. So, so orange ice cream orange
1: flavored ice cream with with black black licorice. licorice.
0: Wow. Okay. That's intense. I'm going to have to try that. I don't even
1: really like it that much, but I enjoy it because it means something to me.
0: Right. Right. (laughs) My version of that was mint chocolate chip growing up. That was yeah. So, okay. Okay. It's summertime. It we can
1: similarly about that talk
0: too. ice cream, right? So double chocolate raspberry. Oh, Now I'm you're
1: getting
0: now me started. You're, I know. Now you're, you're hitting my Taurus moon nerve here. <laughs>
1: Is it lunchtime yet? <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. Fo- we're going to focus. Here we go. You ready?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, we've got a couple things still to talk about. We were okay. going to talk about strength.
0: Yes, let's talk a little. So we've got. We talked we, about strength. We talked we about strength. About we've got the sun card that also can represent leonine themes. Um, Let's talk just about the sun in general here, because I think that sometimes the sun is a little bit misinterpreted uh, in astrological circles. What are some of your thoughts of what the sun might represent within a chart, within this card? Because um, I think the themes are fairly similar, but what, what, do, you, what do you got for us?
1: Mm. I mean, vitality is the first word that comes to to mind, right? Like
0: yeah.
1: as someone with the sun in Leo, I, I have like incredible... Mm energy and and like i i don't get sick very often it's like something that i you can completely take for granted the sun no matter where it is um but when it's not doing well in a chart it's you know you you also feel it like it becomes an an issue um and especially when it comes to you know eye stuff yeah (laughs) so weird my dad is also a leo son and he's getting hit by that um saturn opposition and he's had two three eye surgeries in the past couple months
0: Wow,
1: it's pretty scary for him i think but um yeah the sun i mean i found a a really great sun card interpretation that that i quite liked when i was doing my
0: yeah late on research
1: for this um which is from the the alchemical tarot and he's got it represented as like the hieros gamos okay the wedding of the sun and moon
0: nice
1: and so that refers to the conjunction it refers to the, the new moon which is a pretty nice um sort of tie in with that new moon yeah. we're supposed to be talking about
0: i like the i like the vitality i i love that you know we we talk about certain planets rule various body parts so we've got the the, the right eye specifically for for the sun um I, you know i think about the sun as the the divine mind as well like it it is it it, think about what the sun does it brings life but it also can destroy too so if it it, it, there's hellenistic doctrines about when you get too close to the sun and the combustion that we were talking about it can harm something so there is this duality that happens with the sun where it is life-giving but put on the sunscreen and don't get too close to the to the king quote unquote where you're going to get burned um I, I like the I don't necessarily always see the sun as our personality. I think that there's uh an awareness of what we want to maybe aspire towards with the sun. I, I feel like it's an aspirational thing.
1: Well, aspir aspirational refers to spirit, right?
0: Right, right, yes. You and go.
1: so that becomes, you know, then we can talk about the lot of spirit and the lot of fortune and like the sun, moon contrast between spirit versus body right um, but that is why i loved this because it was the conjunction of the two right I it was love like it. i love it yeah that's quite a nice one
0: so we've got the sun creating a an aspiration a spiritual aspiration that is at the new moon infusing that light into the body of the moon the moon collecting that this that light seed to grow into something physical so that's something we talk about a lot when we're learning traditional astrology is the physical nature of the moon and the the spiritual nature of the sun. So um, divine intelligence, Portia is yeah. talking about. Yeah, great. I was great. just going
1: to say that. Perfect. So great.
0: Um, and that's, that's really great because a lot of times we think of Mercury as the mind. We think of Mercury as like our intelligence, but I think the sun can equally represent that. Mercury being more, maybe the the technical uh skills that we utilize to communicate that divine intelligence of the sun there's a relationship between the two right
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely i'd like that i like the idea of the of the new moon being like the embodiment of that of that like bringing that divine intelligence into the body yeah. there's something about leo moon people right who have like this incredible Presence and like it's like the spirit is in there. Oh, yeah, feel it.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so we've got we've broken down some of the sun significations vitality, giver of life, clarity, vision, right eye, illumination, right? But something coming to light, uh, royalty, having a, a royal nature, like your own inner royalty or sovereignty, personal sovereignty. Um, self-expression, creating harmony between the body and the mind. This was, this was something that I got from uh, T. Susan Chang's Tarot Deciphered book, where she was talking about the relationship between the Sephira Yisod, which is the moon, and Hod, which is Mercury. So the sun has, gives us a pathway between Mercury and the moon in that Kabbalistic tree of life. Um, So I thought that was kind of fascinating, like kind of unifying body and mind um, through that as well. Uh, One other detail from that book uh, is that there's 22 rays on this card that uh, represent the 22 major arcana in the tarot, um, and that you've got straight and squiggly lines here that could be be a reference to the masculine and feminine or the yin and the yang energy that is interspersed throughout the... um, Throughout the tarot as well, um, and the divine child, right? This kind of innocence, and and uh, we've got sunflowers in the background. That are, I've got my neighbor has planted a bunch of sunflowers, and they're coming to bloom right now. It's really beautiful. I'm starting to appreciate them how they're blooming during Leo season. Now I'm starting to make the connection that wow, they're little mini suns. You know, it's very cool. Oh yeah. All right, so Love that. we've got the sun. We've got strength. We've talked about the Nemean lion. Um, There's another
1: cool tie-in yeah. with the strength card, uh, with the lion, right? Because in in a lot of the very, much older decks, um, you will see either a man wrestling with the lion or a woman in a more physical way, which is very Hercules, but it's also Samson.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And some of the some of those images would actually show a woman or a man breaking a a column which is a reference to Samson as well. But the story with Samson, um, I, I don't, I'm not like an expert in this stuff, but he like kills the lion. And then when he's coming back from his like journey, he sees that the bees have made honey mm. in the in the carcass of the lion, which is also feels like a very like solar fermentation thing. Um, Robert place. Who's one of my favorite tarot deck creators. He, this, this deck I love, that's the one where the sun is from. I'll hold them up so you can actually see them. Um, He, he puts strength with the alchemical um, process of fermentation. So I thought that was a cool tie in Uh, the, like using the body of the lion. to. to
0: I have his book over here somewhere, the tarot magic alchemy. Hermeticism and Neoplatonism,
1: Yeah, yeah, get into it. I I love Robert Place.
0: Yeah, he's a great historian of the tarot as well, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like, and some of these books I have that I just have not just cracked into completely yet, but that one, yeah. It's on my shelf, <laughs> so now, I, now I'm interested in, in uh, engaging with it more for sure.
1: I haven't read any of those books.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm so don't worry. <laughs> to, I keep ordering more. I keep, you know, I just see something good, and I'm just like, all right, I got to put that on the shelf. But you, I mean, you can see, like I heard, like I, the the references I did for today, I've got like seven or eight books, and at a certain point, you're just like, okay, <laughs> like, I'm kind of yeah. Just,
1: this is only half of <laughs> the pack.
0: There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's nice, though. And I think that that reflects some of the aspirational quality of Leo, too, is that we're always trying to reach maybe for something just slightly beyond our grasp. And I think that there's something uh, where we are, like, you know, bringing in more and, and collecting light. And fire is something that when it touches something, it consumes it. So we're trying to consume all these these uh, these great books, this great literature. And sometimes it's a little bit ambitious, right? <laughs> more ambitious than we can... Uh, possibly do. Striving. Striving. There you go. (laughs) Bringing it full circle. Um, (laughs) We've got one more myth I think that we can bring into the play here before we kind of move forward. What do you think about uh, the Egyptian goddess Sekhmet? Because I thought that there were some really neat uh, significations with that. You sent me a really cool post about Sekhmet.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am So, I share my studio space where I make jewelry with um, a friend of mine who's a, f- a fiber witch. Um, she's a fiber artist and makes um, natural pigments out of rocks, she finds. It's very cool. That's cool. Uh, but she's tuned me into all of these really neat people on the old internet. And um, there's this guy I follow on Instagram called a.rural.pen, and he makes ink like drawing and painting ink out of guns. He buys guns from pawn shops. And so he's taking materials of war and violence and he uh, dissolves them in acid in like an alchemical process to distill the the pigments from the iron and steel, which is very, very cool. And um, so he has an ink that he calls Sekhmet Red. Mm -hmm. And he originally was talking about it as a libation to Sekhmet, but it's, it's, um, it's a reference to the story of Sekhmet um, going on a rampage and killing all of humanity. And Ra is like, Ra is her father, right? right, right and Ra's right. like, I don't really want you to do this. Could you like totally stop? <laughs> and, then, and then so there's priestesses who, who mix in this red ochre Mm-hmm. which is um, probably was coming from hematite, which is, you know, hem being the, the part of same etymological word as blood, mm-hmm. um, very Mars, iron, mineral. Um, so they mix in the red ochre from hematite with all of this beer and they pour it out to make it look like Sekhmet has killed everybody and it's blood flowing, but then she gets drunk on the beer the red beer and and like gets sated and starts purring and rolling around like my cat
0: wow that is an intense story because sekhmet is a solar deity as well right being a daughter of Ra. um when you sent me this post i was i thought i was like wow we need to do like a like a huge communal ritual where we make some like red dyed beer and just like pour it out into these drought you know ridden deserts or whatever it is you know
1: I I think about like the heat of the summer and this this peak of the year um what it feels better like what is more calming than just like you know once the sun is sort of going down and it's still hot outside having like an ice cold beer
0: yeah well and I I love that like the the man what a cool idea to like it reminds me of the um the Orphic hymn to Mars or to Ares, where we are talking about praying to Ares to turn the weapons of war into plowshares and to into something that can be used creatively. And what a what a great, wonderful idea to take those those guns, those weapons of war, and turning into something very cool. Beautiful. I'll put his
1: name in the chat. Yeah, because um, yeah. it's really cool.
0: Very cool. Uh, and so so this is another primordial um, Leo. Lion symbolism, because a lot of the a lot of the Western astrological themes are drawing heavily from Egyptian lore. Uh, the Greeks borrowed very heavily from from Egyptian myth. So it's good to kind of see something that may be, you know, even predate some of the Greek myths that we're talking about. And of, of course, Leo, we talked about the Nemean lion, the, the Greek understanding is that Hera rewarded the Nemean lion. Uh, by putting it into the stars as the constellation for harassing hercules or something like that like and we had talked about that that this this lion was impervious to weapons uh to iron bronze stone and he and hercules had to use his bare hands to wrestle the beast so there is something inherent inherently human about you know overcoming some of these challenges that we've chatted about okay one other last little thing that i thought was super cool is that i, I there was a little tidbit in one of t susan chang's book where she said that five degrees leo right where this new moon is was actually the start of the golden dawn's zodiacal solar year yeah was that's like,
1: very interesting
0: yeah i've never heard that before and i wonder
1: well it lines up with the pagan wheel of the year right like this yeah. it would be um i can never pronounce it right Lunasaw yeah yeah
0: and and lamas, right yeah yeah those
1: on the first there so that that makes the cross quarters really make sense
0: absolutely very cool just that they're just a little tidbit little little uh little factoid for you um i'm taking a look at the chat here we've got people who are very impressed by the the artistic ways uh of of the sekhmet story um we've got uh Rachel says I'm really enjoying the way your engines and ideas are coming together very rich and unique very cool well thank you Rachel I love your little sunflower emoji uh Carol says that that's the an, a chemical story too ferment and beer red lion signifying an ending yeah. of that phase in the process yes
1: I know I was trying to bring like the beer connection in here Yeah like always <laughs> right. because then we also have like back to Hephaestus on the donkeys yeah. he's with Dionysus right like sure there had to be wine yeah
0: that's god of wine for sure ecstasy you know divine ecstasy. I'm sure that the craft beer uh, industry is pretty big in Vancouver right it's huge yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: I mean I live my life I love I'm a like I love beer I'm a big beer snob beer nerd and we do a lot of brewing our, on our own too like we nice. brew mead and braggot and beer and so i was i was like finding all of these interesting threads and i was like i can just talk about beer <laughs> right there
0: you go Bring it all it's full too circle. early
1: to have beer so i still just have coffee
0: okay fair enough yeah i've got we have got some water here today it's just it's hot up here i'm in the second uh story it is hot, uh, it's it's very a hot. i think building. today
1: will probably be one of the hottest days of the year where i am wow but that kind of brings us back to the astrology
0: yeah and and Devin's pointing out that uh Lamas was a time of harvesting wheat so bringing in the fermentation thing as well Devin does some really interesting um I'm sure that Devin does fermentation stuff but does uh charcuterie out in Portland as well like so doing some fermented meats and things of that nature as well I have a
1: friend who does that too it's really interesting
0: I love that there's on the west coast in particular there's this kind of culture of like Really, The self reliance and like kind of like making maker culture, you know that I that I wish we had a we have a little bit of that here in Michigan. I mean there's there's makers here but it feels like it's a little bit more of an ethos out out west a little bit in that Pacific Northwest area which I, I appreciate someplace I'd love to visit at some point in my life. You're okay.
1: welcome anytime.
0: Well, I'm, this is why I do this. This is why I'm collecting all, all of these uh, We're friends. going to
1: Finland. We're yeah, going we're, to the we're,
0: Netherlands. Exactly. We're going to, we going to Aaron Rodgers High School. There, yes, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. So good. So good. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm collecting couches to crash out. I think <laughs> they're doing this potentially. Um, wow. Well, mostly I just love talking to people from other sides. So, places in the world and getting different perspectives and uh you know to me the world is one big happy family in great cancerian style so uh hopefully just you know tearing down those those borders that that keep us separated is is a an important skill to be able to do and to learn in these times that where it's really necessary where more than ever our actions affect one another across borders across you know we're, we're you and i are sp- speaking from five five thousand miles away right now which is it blows my mind sometimes right yeah <laughs> yeah very cool yeah Tarya says world tour hey that would be cool let's go on tour with our <laughs> with our metal band here janet okay <laughs> So yeah, I, I, when I was doing the advertising for this uh, this week, I had a <laughs> Tenacious D song that I did for Janet, uh, which I thought was appropriate. And then um, a stray cat strut <laughs> for Leo season. <laughs> okay, Janet, let's talk a little bit more about the astrology. So we, we've talked about kind of the sun and the moon here at five degrees of Leo. Uh, one thing I like to do as we get a little further on here um, is just talk about a few of the aspects that happen throughout the cycle. The, mm. the, f- the first thing that we're seeing is, uh, you know, as this is going on, um, I wanted to point out that Mercury is in malefic enclosure. Now, this is something that I didn't really realize was happening uh, for until this morning when I looked at the chart, and I was like, man, I missed that. But there's so many things to think about. But a malefic enclosure, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is a Hellenistic technique where a planet is either being enclosed by body like for example the the sun is on the other side of mercury right now and let's say the moon was on this side it would be enclosed in the lights all right but here we have something where mercury is being enclosed by the rays of the malefic on either side of mercury so we're going to have the 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 exact square of mercury and mars probably as we're doing this this show today at about 3 15 p.m eastern time uh and then once it moves in the square with mars it'll start applying to an opposition to saturn and this is kind of where Mercury's in a between a rock and a hard place type of thing where it's it's a tough time for mercury and Mer- not only okay. is Mer- not only is mercury going in this malefic enclosure it's going to be squaring Uranus and the North Node, and we have the application of Mars and Uranus and the North Node happening through the first week of August as well. <sighs> Janet, what what can we do to uh, to to navigate this these difficult Mercurial, Martial, Saturnian waters? What do you think?
1: Oh, I mean, a lot of the a lot of folks on the old Astro Twitter have just been saying stay home (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't do anything dangerous i have a friend who's on a motorcycle trip right now and so we've just been saying man take it easy be careful don't go too fast that day uh you know
0: i mean I'm,
1: i'm speaking specifically about the the conjunction of mars uranus and the north node but yeah mercury is definitely taking us from this current moment with the square to mars into that next configuration i think i would just again say passing the camel through the head of the needle right um be humble don't think Mm. that you can do more than you can do coming off of that trine of of um this new moon and jupiter like that can give you
0: (laughs) it can make you think that you can do more
1: than you actually can
0: yeah well and and, you know, one of the things about the Her- Hercules story is that before he was humbled by Hera, he did all sorts of crazy, you know, things that were reflective of a-, a great hero. And he got a little bit high on his own supply, right? That we were talking about. Are you still there, Janet? What Did something happen? Did we frozen? Uh-oh. Um, Are we there? I got
1: a message that my end was unstable.
0: Uh-oh. Hold on a second.
1: My back.
0: I can hear you. Yeah, your video's a little frozen there. There you go. I think you're back. That's now. okay. It's not great. We're we're getting closer to the Mercury Mars square. So uh <laughs> we'll see if we can wrap this Inter- up before we're <laughs> Mercury and Mars.
1: Uh
0: oh. Frozen frozen Janet. Is exact. Oh man. We're getting we're getting the the shaky, the shaky time here. Are you still with us? Janet is here in the chat. So Janet's typing in the chat. Uh, So I will I will try to carry the ball here for a minute until Janet is back. Um, I can see her now. Are you there, Janet? I'm here. All right, there we go. I can hear you. So we're
1: the moon was trying to reclaim me. (laughs) <laughs> right my exact lunar return to the minute at this oh moment, boy
0: so. well we're like i said we're also heading into the exact square of mercury and mars so we'll we'll try to get through this here <laughs> like wow. although i love chatting with you and hanging out this is a part of i just love the, the the fun that we have together on these chats with um all these friends from around the world so yes janet's advice as far as uh taking your time trying not to get um, overly ambitious trying not to let pride lead you down to the path of hell right uh, this is something that's been going on in my household is like some there's been some pride uh, challenges with with two Leo risings in the house um, one of them trying to establish an independent identity and the other a little bit nostalgic for the 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 child parent relationship. <laughs> so it, the key is kindness. And the key is mutual respect. Um, but again, uh, this can be important for your conversations to think twice before you say something, think about how it may affect someone else. Try not to let, you know, uh, the issue at hand get lost in feeling of being disrespected stick to the f- actual issue and how you can get to the, to the yes with the person you're dealing with rather than feeling like you're being insulted or something like that. Does that make sense, mm-hmm. Janet? Right.
1: Yeah. I, someone, oh, it was Camille, Michelle on the the astrology podcast forecasts that don't shoot the messenger.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. So like,
1: we, we have to sort of dull our reaction that might be the Saturn influence yeah. like You don't need to be right off the draw. You can you can take your time. You can think about it before you say something or react.
0: Well, because the conflict that may come up with the square between Mars and Mercury could lead to a defeat with an opposition with Saturn. A no, you know what I mean? With like a hey, this isn't going to happen because you popped off and we're an asshole. (laughs) Like you know, right? So just be careful.
1: There's a good question in the chat here.
0: Yeah, go ahead. On a
1: field um a technical question how do you look at mars being in taurus exiled fixed earth could that lead to some force being held back and saturn in domicile retrograde okay what do you say, spencer
0: so that's yeah so thank you that's that's place of stillness aka manuela um and i would all encourage you to go check out manuela's new uh, astrology channel uh she's a, a student of mine as well and i Think she's going to do some great things, so may, we'll probably have her on the show at some point too. But Manuela, I think that Mars in Taurus is in its exile. It is a, a place where it disrupts our the things that bring us security, the routines that we have, especially second deck in Taurus is the things that we do consistently to create growth, um, like watering the plants just enough each day, like showing up for our work each day. I have the moon in this deck and so I have the moon conjoining the mid heaven in Cancer too. And the, the the secret to my success is I show up, I do the work that's necessary for that day, and I'm consistent and I keep showing up and I keep showing up and I keep showing up, you know Taurus two. You said exactly.
1: cancer two.
0: Oh I did. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for that's the catch. Okay.
1: I think we all knew what you were talking about.
0: Taurus two. All right. My moon's in the second decade of Taurus. Thank you. Sometimes I do this I'm, when I'm, doing, I'm solo and I listen back and I'm like, oh, shit. I just. <laughs> we all know what's happening. Yeah. So when Mars is here, though, Mars disrupts those routines and says, look, the way that you've always done it, the, maybe even the rut that you've gotten into maybe is stale and has to be shaken up. There's, there's something in your environment that is not allowing you to, to feel that sense of security that you've always relied upon. So part of the conversations we might be having is how do we change our routines? How do we change how we, what we look to to security, but also have that be a reflection of our authentic selves? When Mercury is moving through that second decan of Leo, that is the victory that they talk about in 36 Faces is the victory of authenticity, of saying, this is who I am, and this is the real me. And it's the victory of being the the, the the same as you are externally as you feel inside. So we may be having some arguments about, hey, you're trying to be a new the the real you, but that's shaking up my expectations of who you are. And how, what brought me security is my projection potentially of what you used to be. Right? That could be part of the argument. That's part of my personal argument right now. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm having to own that. And then when we get to the, the opposition with Saturn. Saturn in the third Deccan of Aquarius is really about are you going to learn from the past, but for the specific purpose of moving on. It, that Deccan has a daimon called Osiris. who And Osiris collected, the pieces of Osiris were collected by Isis after he was split up. And she reconstructed him just long enough to like get it on and like Give birth to Horus, the new king. And then Osiris went into the underworld and went off into the unknown and became the lord of the underworld. So we have to kind of think about what is worth defending when Mercury moves into opposition and what is worth letting go and saying, you know what? What is plan B? I think it's going to be important to have a plan B with Saturn retrograde in the third decade of Aquarius, where we have to say, you know, this is just time to let this go. And I, I had this experience in my family, Janet, where I had a certain expectation of what my daughter should be doing during the summer, like work wise and things like that. Like you've been sitting around long enough for you to get a job. <laughs> and in in her defense, she did try and there were a lot of obstacles to that. And eventually we had to come to an agreement about it where I had to let it go i had to let go of my expectations of what i had my visions of her summer was going to look like and we had to make a compromise so uh that's kind of the you know part of the tension i'm just telling you what how i'm living it Mm -hmm. because i got kind of here's what a leo will do or a taurus moon which i've got both of those things is well i said it so that's what's going to (laughs) happen you know (laughs) you could get into a lot of really like bad situations if you if you get entrenched in that position right? yeah
1: that's the fixed sign focus too right like yeah. that the entrenched is a really good word for that and i yeah. saturn and aquarius to retrograde like going back over it yeah um you know i'm experiencing this in some interesting ways too because yeah, yeah. i'm in my the saturn is opposing my Sun. It's mm-hmm. like moving back to oppose my son, and I'm also going through my opening Saturn square, oh, wow. post Saturn return, um, and that's really close to exact right now too. Yeah. Um, and so right now, I'm just I'm not doing anything. I can't I can't make any forward progress no matter how hard I try. Um, and so I'm just trying to be patient
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know weather the storm until until the skies are a little bit better for like putting out projects and stuff. Yeah,
0: you're you're tapping into your camel energy, right?
1: Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> and and you know, having gone through the Saturn sun opposition a few years ago, it's tough. It is a it is a time where you feel a lot of frustration, you feel a lot of uh depression because things aren't working out exactly the way that you had envisioned. Um there's a lot of compromise that comes into play. Um yeah. I, I, I guess what I will say is that it it does pass and then the next set of challenges (laughs) arise. But uh, I like what you're saying about like acceptance, okay? Like as I was trying to work through my own familial interpersonal challenges, I did a lot of I Ching divination. And the I Ching basically was Saturn's voice saying, you may just have to let this one go. If it isn't gonna work out the way that you envisioned it, you you just have to let that position go and yeah. once i did that peace began to be restored mm. and, and do you see what i'm saying and and so i think if we want to restore peace during these times we can't get too fixated on our position because of our what what our idealism is around remember leo is the sun it, it is idealistic it's saying this is how it should be right and if we get too attached to that and we and we lose sight of the reality, Taurus, too, is also, I think, the material reality of, of the physical reality of what's happening. And then the idealistic reality check of Saturn in, an, in the air sign there of saying, well, maybe this is what's good for the group and not just your own personal vision, right? And this is, I think, what we're going through, Janet, as a collective right now of what is good for the whole what is good for the planet rather than what is good for a couple individuals right with climate change and and i think we're going to see a lot of conversations in the collective about that moving forward because i I don't know how much louder the planet has to speak for us to get the message and i i just i don't know i'm not usually one that this gets overly political on this channel or like gets like, I try not to fear as well, but I do think that we're at a really important inflection point where action needs to happen immediately if we don't want a, a super bad outcome uh, for the planet. Um, so I'm going to keep saying that <laughs> until people get it. And maybe it's not just my job. We have to do it together, don't we?
1: We sure do.
0: Okay. Janet. We've got this malefic enclosure that ends roughly Friday or Saturday, depending on whether you consider the moon being able to break it up. So for all of you who are having some mercurial challenges, look to the the first of all, the Leo area of your chart, but also the Virgo and the the, uh, Gemini area of your chart for topics in your life that may feel like they're at a standstill where you're just kind of stuck and recognize that if you can hang on until the weekend, after the weekend until this mars business passes too you probably have a have a much better outcome and you don't have to have it all figured out all at once right you can kind of live into the answer when you say
1: oh yeah i mean that's that's one of my my guiding principles in life it will be revealed <laughs> yeah Absolutely. I had a colleague throughout the whole pandemic. She's she's, you know, she was really close to retirement, going getting on 70 years old and she would always say that, you know, we don't know right now, but it will be revealed.
0: Yeah, you and I were talking about that pre-show is it's okay to say you don't know something, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that we in this uh industry, I hate that word for it, but in this area of life, a lot of times people are looking to us for answers and for relief and sometimes we're we have to acknowledge that we're just human beings living this stuff right along with all of you and that it's okay not to know everything so there's so many it's so multivalent that we may have an expertise in a, in one area but then maybe something else where it's like i have no idea <laughs> like, right
1: another good thing that ties into that that's very mercurial is curiosity so Mm -hmm. when we have mercury making all of these contacts in between like quite intense like world changing astrology um be curious about what it is that comes up like pay attention to the to the omen Um, you know like let let yourself feel into that and like get a little bit um curious and imaginative.
0: I love that. And that, that, that's really my go-to with Mercury too, or Hermes is is asking a question, right? Just getting, a, you know, like you said, not having to feel like you know the answer in that Jupiterian way. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the, some of the negative qualities of Jupiter potentially or Zeus is this feeling of righteousness and feeling like you have to know the answer all the time. This is My lovely daughter is a Sagittarius moon. And ever since she was four or five years old, it was very difficult for her to admit that she didn't know something. And I've had to tell her, it's okay that you don't know. You're just learning. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or anything. Like, you can ask a question, (laughs) you know? Like, so, Um, Janet, let's move this chart a little bit here. So we've got the opposition of Mercury and Saturn that perfects around the 30th or the 31st. So keep that in mind friends. And then as we get to the first, there's our Mars Uranus North Node stack up. Okay. Probably one of the biggest uh things that astrologers have been looking at for 2022. Um and that is going to lead us into a square between Mars and Saturn. Okay, an applying square. So any other final thoughts with that Mars Uranus North Node experience?
1: Oh, yeah, I just it just looks like heat and pain to me, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's just because it's really, really hot here right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a, a wait and see sort of situation with Uranus in the mix. We literally cannot predict. Whatever we predict, Uranus will be like, "Sorry, I'm yeah. unpredictable." <laughs>
0: I've I've always found that as an astrologer that even with this lens into potentially knowing some of the themes that it could represent, I'm still surprised when Uranus contacts happen. Uh, so that's just kind of the nature, nature of that planet, I think.
1: Expect the unexpected.
0: Yes. And, and, and slow down, I think is another thing that I would highly recommend yes. is a yes. great way to not make a, an outcome worse is to, if, if a crisis happens, you can make it worse by panicking and, and making, adding to the chaos. If something yes. crazy happens, collect yourself first and you'll be able to take an action that is much more in alignment with an efficient action that could be uh, recentering rather than add to the problem. Uh, so I think that's my thought on that. Um, when we get to here, we have the, f- the first quarter moon, uh, Scorpio moon, so the moon in spicy. exile, spicy. It's going to be that
1: square. Everything is so square. (laughs) We're getting a little relief from Mercury and and Jupiter, but not a lot.
0: Yeah. We've got a big grand cross between the moon, the sun, Mars, and Saturn around that period of time. But like you were saying, we have a really strong Mercury. So again, a great time to like reskill, to ask questions, to try to become efficient within your life. Uh, maybe that can break up some of the stalemate between all of these planets right now. Um, that second decan of of Scorpio, the South Node's hanging out there, and to me that decan we've got Six of Cups, which is a nostalgic card we've talked about. Like I believe Susan Chang calls it the the setting sun, the afterglow, the golden hour. Um, to me, that that Moon South Node thing is more about. Uh, Releasing codependent relationships, right? Like reducing our codependence, and, and because both Austin Kopic and Susan Chang talk about intermeshed mutual distillation. Okay. If we're talking about making beer, we're distilling yeah. <laughs> like things together into something. So we, we may be required to, to, you know, reduce our dependence on people that that were a big part of our life, um, and that can be painful. It can be sad. We can long for, for the past. Um, but I think that when we come to acceptance with that, you can think about the composting where it creates for future fertility, right? Like, are you a composter and on the farm as well?
1: Oh yeah. I have seen some epic compost pits. The cool thing about compost is it's gotta be hot.
0: Yeah, right. It
1: really does. Like if you've got a really, really great like living compost it's Mm. huge and it's stinky actually it's not as stinky as you think um, because the heat is down in the core you've got to keep it hot and you've got to keep it wet and then you can dig a hole and throw anything in there and it'll disappear
0: oh beautiful
1: that composting the the concept of composting is such a rich like scorpio moon south node
0: It's so martial too, right? Like the heating up of the soil underground and the the hidden heat, right? Like the nocturnal heat under the ground. It's, I love it. Um, So a a great time at this first quarter to compost your expectations so that you can start to be your authentic self individually. You may have to start separating a little bit. Um, You know, again, I'll bring it back to my personal case of like, you know, I got to get my daughter a bank account and all these things and like, i oh, get her set up in her dorm and all these, these things. And I'm going to need all your support out there, community people. A Cancerian father with her, the daughter leaving the nest is not an easy, <laughs> not an easy experience. Um, so yes. All right. So that's our first quarter moon. Um, and then just a couple other things just to wrap up here. Then the next two days, at that quarter moon, we're going to see the Mars applying to the square with uh, Saturn in the third decan of, of Taurus and the third decan of, of Aquarius. And I talked about, I don't know, Jan, if you got through the three hours I did on August yet. <laughs> That's epic.
1: I did, actually. Yeah, I, was, I think I was there.
0: Well, there you go. Um, so I talked a little bit about the last time these two planets squared off um, in these specific decans. And that was in the mid-30s when we had the Dust Bowl era where the huge droughts that were happening, where uh, 650 million tons of topsoil w- were removed from these, the, the Great Plains of North America. And these huge dust storms that w- moved thousands of miles east and blocked out the Statue of Liberty. I thought that was pretty epic. Um, I think we could be seeing more th- things like that. Uh, just, just drought in general from all this heat. Um, anything else you can think about with with the combination of these two planets coming together?
1: Oh, just the the big flashing no sign, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's a little bit more Mercury-Saturn, but the other thing I was thinking about for me and how this is hitting my chart is like running into a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> and like... Yeah. The imprint of your body in the brick wall. It's very, there's something very like visceral about these two heading off. It's very upsetting, you know? It's a, it, it, I mean, it could be a breakthrough, but there's Saturn is so strong in
0: well, that it's, position. It's probably one of the most difficult traditional aspects in all of astrology. The two malefics squaring off or opposing one another right so uh yeah not necessarily a fun time i will point out that saturn is in the overcoming position saturn is also stronger by its sign placement although it is retrograde so there's challenges around that it's weakened by that retrograde motion but i do think leaning into the saturnian uh, what saturn is asking will could alleviate some of that martial frustration mars in that Deccan wants to um how what would I think about that that Deccan reminds me of like uh it's repentance right it's saying how do we fix the mistakes that we've made in the past through doing something too rashly Mm -hmm. and you may really want to take action on fixing what's happened in the past but you may have to slow down and think about the ramifications of of what is happening for the collective
1: yeah for me, that brings up like a lot of the cards we were talking about because you've got, it's like Mars is challenging Saturn, but from like a weaker position, which is, you know, also speaks to that third decan of, of, uh, Leo, but, um, you have to have commitment and follow through to, to face this challenge. Like that's the Saturnian part. Um, that's, you have to, believe in your ability to continue and to just keep forging ahead um, and, and to overcome the challenge that's harder than it sounds, but it, it can just be simple actions. That's what commitment is. It's making the choice every day to do the thing. Like you were saying with the, with the second decade yeah. of Taurus.
0: Well, and truly learning from the past too. I think that's what my, the vibe I get from third decade of Aquarius is like Osiris you know, in that, in that card where we see someone collecting the swords and leaving a few behind, there's some things you can't take with you, but there's wisdom that you can take with you. There's, if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. So it's a great time to like really examine what you've done in the past and what worked, what didn't be willing to let go of those old systems, those old personas that, that aren't serving you anymore. And, you know, it may take a little while to establish what is new, but I think that, um, that's part of being human. And I see we've got some, some great comments here. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've got Carol, uh, talking about the body heats up during transformation, like belief changes, et cetera, and menopause. Yeah. That's, yeah. we've got, I've got it. I'm having some experiences with menopause too. I won't, I won't be too specific about that. I'm not going through it myself, but I have some people in my life that are experiencing that. And, uh, I'm going through the, the teenage adolescence and menopause simultaneously, in in uh my life and it's kind of similar on some level um but different uh and Taria says i have the sun at 24 degrees of aquarius so i have had saturn transiting there a long time pluto at 16 degrees and 17 degrees leo opposing jupiter aquarius new moon and opposing. wow you've got a lot going on there Taria. Yeah. so um and then mortal and M- 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 wild is saying sun opposing sun uh, saturn opposing sun coming back over saturn return to very upsetting, depressing, feeling useless, and the futility in everything. Well, Carol, I hope that you realize that you have a lot to contribute to the world, and I, I follow your social medias, and I think that you're a very talented video maker, and I think that you have a lot to to uh, offer the world. So I hope that you know through the changes that you're going through are temporary, and that you're able to to find some of that Leo Leo light. Um, and recognize too that part of the, I think some of the Saturn-Sun opposition and the challenges between Aquarius and Leo is that I think that the, a Leo needs to feel appreciated and needs the audience sometimes. And the challenge with Saturn and Aquarius and that is that sometimes we have to do what is quote unquote the right thing, whether we get approval or not, or whether we get the applause or not. And that can feel really starving for our, the Leo folks in our life as being starved of that Applause and, and that attention, but I think the lesson is giving that approval and applause to yourself. And if and this is part of what you know, uh, Jan and I are wearing regulus oil today, right? <laughs> we're we're big fans of Spear and Sundry's regulus materia, and part of that materia is all about uh, being yourself and not needing the approval of others, which. Funnily enough, actually activates the approval of others. When you finally are like, "Fuck it, I don't give a shit what you think about me. I'm just gonna do me. I'm gonna do this because this is what I believe. You can take it or leave it." Then people are like, "Wow, that person doesn't care what I think. Wow, they're pretty cool. You know, like they're they're no longer uh, you know I can't control them. I, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could you know not care what people think. That person's cool. So it's really funny how the paradox works with that." and um yeah i think that uh maybe we're going through a collective menopause of some level right carol <laughs> like where we're, we're having, going through a change <laughs> like i've really thought of it like that and again i'm not going through that personally in my body but i have some people i care about that are, i've witnessed going through the process and talking a lot about it with them um so yeah what do you think maybe here I'm going to toss this back to someone who may have some more insight into this and I'm not saying that you're going through menopause or anything (laughs) but what do you what do you think about maybe menopause as a as a symbolic thing for the collective
1: yeah I think that's interesting that that came up um because right the power of the crone right on the other side of of menopause you 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 lose a the, the fertility aspect um but it's the the wisdom beyond right and from people i know who have gone through it themselves they feel that they um experience a lot more forward movement they they feel that way that you were just describing leo and the regulus oil effect like when you don't give a fuck what other people think you're doing because you're not seen as like a uh, like a productive um fertility farm for society right. then you can do whatever the hell you want so, freedom
0: yeah,
1: yeah that idea of like wisdom and and forward movement it could be a nice kernel of um hope for yeah. what it is that we do on the other side of a really difficult time in terms of like societal change and climate change
0: yeah and i i it is it's so tough because in the media in the past we've we've upheld this vision of what it means to be a woman and what it means to like contribute to society. We've glamorized youth in in this capitalist culture on some level as well i'll I'll offer this this is coming from my Virgo three placements uh, <laughs> when we talk about the crone phase of life and where where we have wisdom to offer. I think it's more about, not more about, in addition to. I'm not trying to mansplain any of this. I hope because <laughs> uh, this is. I I, I want to be careful with my words. We're getting to the, the Mars Mercury square, right? But I think I would think of it as what can I pass on to the future generations, and and what can I consolidate into a consumable, not consumable, but a uh transferable transferable uh wisdom like and and it could be material art it could be it could be knowledge i know that for me i feel an intense need to pass on ancient wisdom and preserve it against the rav- ravages of time so i think that what i've the relationship i've had with the elders in my life a lot of um i guess you could call crone women like my grandparents my my great aunts. i've i've I spent uh, many hours with my 106 year old great grandma, recording. I have I have about nine hours of, of tape recorded conversations oh, that's with wonderful. her, pres- preserving family history. That's you know, great. so I, that was so important to me to be able to say I don't want to forget this stuff. So even if you're you're feeling like you're not getting the respect that is due to you, there's something that is important for you to pass on uh, to the next generation, yeah. and and really. You may not get to see the results of that, but it is so important, and that's that's really that br- brings us back to the issues of climate change. You may have to give up if you are a corporate billionaire some money in the short term, but your pass what you're passing on is a legacy for your grandchildren. This is what I can't understand about some of these folks. Do they not have grandchildren? Do they not care about the next seven generations, like the indigenous <sighs> cultures teach us? Right. So delayed gratification, li- living with less in the short term to be able to preserve things for future generations, I think is something that we can lean into with that, right?
1: You're getting a lot of resonance in the chat here.
0: Yeah, what do we got? I've been-
1: We've got some some wise people telling yeah. us that they they like what you're saying.
0: Yeah, Devin's pointing out Mars is on algal during this period of time. <laughs> at I was the like, full moon. That's going
1: to take us in a, yeah. in a place where we, we might not be able to recover a happy feeling by the end of this.
0: <laughs> Boy. Well, we get the, yeah, the, we, when we get to the full moon on the 11th, that Por- Portia and I are going to talk about, we yeah. have Mars on algal. Yeah. So we have to be really careful that we don't lose, lose our heads. We, and algal is reflective of feminine power, too. So, so leaning into that feminine strength potentially. Um, I'm looking through these comments here because, yeah, I love including our community here in these talks. Um, Carol says menopause is a brilliant time for processing all your stuff. Yeah, for, for that fermentation process. That's the heat, right? <laughs> we bring in the composting heat of, of menopause potentially. Uh, Kate is another Leo rising Aquarius sun here um <laughs> making sure to join last for proof of life that's funny um and you know i i hope that this is an oasis for some of you I, I we've had various um friends stop in the chat that have really been struggling and i hope that just you being seen and your struggles being seen brings you some peace of mind and that knowing that we're going through this together can help get you through to the other side i, I hope that that's something that we provide for you here
1: yeah, I think you do a great job of that. Sometimes I watch these after the fact, after the lives happen, and I still find myself crying when you talk to people in the chat. Where you're like, "We see you. You're gonna be fine." I think that's what's super valuable about this is that yeah. everyone's going through it. Like these yeah. are really, really difficult transits, and you know, most people are gonna have at least one fixed placement. So it's we're all getting dinged, and the world is getting dinged, and yeah you know, we're, we're all going through it. So there's something about being able to provide this space where people can feel like they, they can be heard and, and it can see what other people are going through too.
0: Well, And this is why I changed, I started to formats away from just doing a million videos each week to doing these specific, m- more longer form lives. So we could just hold space for people. Yeah. I mean, it's so valuable to me too. This is, you know, over the course of the pandemic, I've been pretty isolated and this is like social time for me. This is the, this is the communal gathering where we come together in space and, and exchange ideas and, and just talk with one another. And, and the guests that I have are just people that I think are interesting. So it's just, I'm just really so grateful that you're willing to spend this time with me today here too, Janet. Um, it's just, great. Yeah. I just feel I like I agree I'm...
1: with prudence. You are a lighthouse.
0: Oh, thank you. Prudence that, that, <laughs> that really feels, fills my Cancer, cancer, second de- deck in cancer, uh, walled garden heart, <laughs> you know, that little oasis. Thank you so much. Um, so, Carol said uh, she is a regular sun. It's flipping machines that give you hell. Oh, yeah. So, dealing with the technology. Uh, Devin's talking about Zaruk more specifically, overcoming melancholy. Is that another fixed star that's in that area potentially? That's oh, one that's a little new to me. Um, Kate is moving furniture very carefully while you're listening. Okay, be careful, be careful. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, postmenopause, a lot like regulus oil. <laughs> there you go. Good, good. Lynn is, is uh, talking to us about navigating the crone phase with grace. Um, act, second Saturn return definitely activates legacy concerns. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Kate is saying that crone has a bad rap. What is the masculine equivalent? Oh, boy. I have to think about that for a second. Mm. It's tough because we, we live in a little bit of a, we still unfortunately live in a, a little bit of a patriarchy, I guess, wouldn't you say? Like we still haven't quite gotten...
1: It's not a little bit, Spencer. Uh, all right, so
0: so Okay, so we live in a <laughs> patriarchal society. All right, I just was trying to you know, ease into it here. Um, so I think one of the greatest challenges especially with men and women is that a lot of times society right now increases the value of a man as he ages and it's it's not it's harder for women i think to feel the same value as they move forward into the crone phase because we we've exalted the body and how people look and what they can contribute like f- through fertility and things like that so i think the male equivalent it's tough to say because it's not exactly a one-to-one type of thing. I will say just from my personal experience, I am noticing my body change as I move into my forties, like my hair is starting to recede just a little bit. There's little mysterious aches and pains here and there that you're like, should I get this checked out? Or I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> like, But so there, there definitely is a loss of, I think, energy where you, I think for me, I have had to learn to pace myself. When, as I've gotten a little bit further into middle age, I don't necessarily have the unlimited amount of energy that I would have had in the past where I need to learn to rest every once in a while. Like, like, like Janet was saying, I was a very energetic youth and I, the way that I dealt with, like, like when I competed in sports, I just went crazy. Like that's how I quote unquote won was I would just try harder than everyone else for an extended period of time I wasn't necessarily the most talented but I was definitely the most like committed (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and now I can't do that anymore I can't have this crazy explosion of energy without balancing it with rest with for my mental health and things of that as well like I have to take rest mentally also so I think that that's what I would I would say is the masculine equivalent is learning how to to utilize your energy more efficiently without having to have these huge bursts instead of like uh you know meet, meter, meeting it out in it at, at a pace right what do you think about that
1: I, well i also am just like saturn why not yeah. why why can't saturn be be androgynous too saturn is saturn is so crone energy yeah that's you know true. that's true um grandmother saturn
0: there is some, there is it. some, some, sorry, I didn't mean interrupt. I don't have to be quick. There are some Hellenistic things that talk about Saturn as being a feminine planet. So I'll throw mm-hmm. it back to you.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking about how we get towards the, at the end of Leo season this year, we're going to have the sun Saturn opposition, which is very much like,
0: right.
1: you know, tempering that vitality with the, you know, the feeling of slowing down.
0: Guess, guess who's so that's my,
1: that's in my solar re- turn guess who's
0: ascendant this is exactly over <laughs> like, yes hi 21 degrees leo ascendant here that should be fun um yeah pray for pray for me this is literally a week before my daughter leaves for college so Aww. this is a and it's You're exactly feeling like it me. yeah i'll be feeling it. it's exactly squared my uranus in the fourth house so there will be lots of feels around that um okay i'm looking at the chat here thank you so much everyone for your chats uh one other favor you can do folks if you're out there hit, hit the like button to get our messaging out to the most amount of people possible if you're new here please subscribe to the channel if you do want to make a material donation to the work we're doing you can do a little super chat or super sticker after the fact there's a little heart on the video called the super thanks um, you can also donate to buymeacoffee.com or you can buy Janet's materials at GoodSigil.com. Is that right? There you go. You got it. Okay. Purchase her tarot um, jewelry. It's really awesome stuff. Okay. Any other co- comments we're seeing here? We've got a lot of grandfather archetypal energy. Prudence. I was
1: not expecting to get into the crone path, this, this yeah. conversation, but I love that we went there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice balance point to the Leo energy, isn't it? Yeah, it's cool. Um, Prudence says, Demetra George's book Mysteries of the Dark Moon is a nice reflection on the Dark Moon mm-hmm. Crone phase. That's another one I've got sitting on my shelf that I need to engage with. Uh, I love Demetra's work. Um, Raven says, old curmudgeon <laughs> phase. I've become a little bit of a hermit in my uh, as I've been aging. Uh, curmudgeon. Let's see. I think it's more to do with acknowledging women's voices. Therefore, the wisdom might be received from crone time. Women's voices are still not valued. I, I agree, Carol. It's something we still definitely need to fight for, especially with the reproductive rights issues that we've had in, here in America and how, you know, we seem to be, the a few people in power seem to be trying to turn the clock back to breeder culture kind of thing and not valuing women uh, in in the way that they should be valued outside of their contribution to fertility. So crazy, crazy times, I I, I, I don't know. It is something worth fighting for, for sure. Um, Raven says, Venus, Maiden, Moon, Mother, Saturn, Crone. Yes, 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 God, such great comments you all are so smart and so intelligent and the light of the sun is shining through this chat here today. And it's, uh, I'm just so blessed to have all of you here today spending your day with me. I, I just
1: Yeah, it's really cool. This is a super fun experience. Isn't it As a like a prior, um, you know, chat dweller. This is great.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. If you all are active in the chat, maybe one day I'll just be like, you know, I really love the pers- that person's thoughts. I should invite them on the show and give them some FaceTime. And <laughs> I, I just love promoting other intelligent voices in this field too. So this is part of, I think, how I try to maintain a balance and, and my own personal modesty is uplifting the voices of others as well and not having it be all about me. Maybe that's my My Aquarius South Node speaking and saying, Hey, we're all in this, we're all equal. We're all in it together type of thing. Um, oh yeah, we got another uh person reading the mysteries of the dark moon. Okay, I'll have to engage with that. All right, Janet. Should we wrap this one up and put a bow on it with some of the divination?
1: Yeah, I love I love the camel. Let's talk about the camel. Devin earlier in the chat mentioned that the Camel is in the Thoth Ooh, high yeah. priestess. So cool, right down There's here. There's the camel. Yeah, a nice little tie-in.
0: Neat. So, how would you? Was there any literature in the Toth book about what the camel represents within oh, that high priestess? I can fish it out. Yeah, let's see. If you want to talk
1: about the camel, I'll find what it is. And yeah, I'll read it out. I'll
0: give you some camel facts while while Janet is bringing that up. So I'm gonna read to you a post that uh, my lovely partner Tanya um, did when she was, uh, when we pulled the camel at a different, on a different time a few years ago. So Tanya says, and this was during some really difficult astrology as well. Here are some of the greatest hits from the camel to get you through this eclipse. That was, there was an eclipse that was happening. So we're not having an eclipse here folks, but uh, the same thing applies for all the challenging aspects. So camels are survivors. They have adapted to very harsh conditions. Tanya says they have a thick layer of skin on their feet and stomach that allows them to lie down and sleep on the sand that is so hot, it would injure other types of animals who are bringing in that heat quality, right? They can eat thorns because they have tough leather, leathery skin inside their lips and their mouths. So we can we can eat stuff that would normally hurt us, right? We can consume all the bullshit and try to survive on stuff that wouldn't normally be nutritious, but we'll figure it out. Uh, They have double layers of eyelashes and can close their nostrils to block out sand, Okay, So maybe talking about healthy boundaries around this period of time, right? Um, They have humps on their back that are not water, but fat stores that they can break down for calories and hydration when there's no food or water. So they're carrying their nutrition with them. They have an oval shaped blood cell that that can withstand levels of dehydration that would kill other creatures. Basically, they're hyper adapted to some of the most inhospitable climates on Earth and they can live 50 years. When they do find water, they can drink over 50 gallons in three minutes, which also would kill other types of animals, but their blood cells and tissues can withstand extreme fluctuations in hydration levels. Their body temperatures can also range from 93 to 104 degrees with no ill effects to their body. Incredible. So they are extremely adaptable. They're tough sons of bitches, right? (laughs) They really can like just they can withstand hard almost anything. Um I think this speaks to when you do have a something like water nourishment, you know, drink it in. Appreciate Mm -hmm. the good things in life. You know, get well the good and's good. Like for me that to me that speaks to me like as a parent, and I'll bring this back full circle, enjoy the last month you have with your kid. Make it an nice experience, you know, like with her in the house. <laughs> you don't have to fight about stuff that, you know, there, there'll be time for figuring some of that other junk out. Just, you know, enjoy the, this time, um, yeah. this oasis, right? So if you've, you've got some nice experiences in your life, just have gratitude for it. You don't have to figure everything out right overnight. What are some reflections that the camel is bringing to you with some of those camel facts?
1: Well, right now we have a beautiful moon-venus conjunction occurring. So soak that up and let that be your fat store for passing through the needle. I love how all of these things sort of like came together through the chat. But um, this is my main reference book for the Thoth, which is cool. Akron and Hajo Banzaf.
0: Can you put that in the chat at some point? Because that's not one Um, that I have.
1: And about the camel in that card, the high priestess, which is the moon card. So Mm -hmm. currently we're having a cancer moon situation. Uh, The camel, which carries its own water supplies through the desert, is thereby the connective member between the inner spheres, water, soul, and the world of real forms. Earth matter. It is a symbol of moderation, sobriety, and modesty, which, because of its arrogant physiognomy, has also been misinterpreted as an expression of presumption and obstinacy. Mm-hmm. The same applies to the High Priestess. Wow. <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah. one other book that I have that talks about this symbol is called Animal Frequency by Melissa Alvarez. Mm-hmm. And she adds a couple things. she says, reserve your energy, be of service, adapt to the heat in your life, the harsh climates. Uh, eat anything you can eat when the food is scarce, you don't have to have like the like for example, if you're going through inflation, if you're used to eating really crazy expensive stuff, maybe you have to like you know compromise uh, a little bit. like we shouldn't necessarily have to, but when you're trying to survive. Uh, you got you to gotta feed yourself first and then figure out how to change the system next. Um, self-empowerment. You've got everything that you need inside of you. Car- carry your own burdens. Um, mm. So it talks about heavy burdens, and that really reflects the Saturn-Mars thing we were talking about. Um, boost your stores and reserves at this time, because you, you may find that there comes a time of uh, really you know, harshness where you're not going to be able to find food or resources as easily as you were in the past. Um, but don't give away too much of your energy to others. Conserve it. Slow down, adapt, and utilize your survival instincts. A lot of times we try to you know, give give more than we we, we are capable of. And that can also be um, toxic to ourselves as well. That can really yeah. be challenging. Um, so those are some great camel reflections, I think. Oh, we got any other... Uh, Carol says, camel carries the allegory, all the fragments of the story. There's a river cam here in Avalon flowing to the queen camel village. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very cool. All right. So this is a camel. Uh, Just hunker down.
1: (laughs) Store store up the good times.
0: There you go. There you go. I love that. And thank you, Lynn, for the super sticker. I appreciate your, your contribution today. I really appreciate that. Store up the good times. I love that. I love that gratitude is always a great answer for a lot of questions that we had in our life. Isn't it? Appreciation. Yeah. I've got yes. this card staring me in the face right now. Yeah. Of cups. Loving and that card. Yeah. So we've got one more div- divinatory system for you today, and that's the I Ching. And we got the hexagram number 36, which I think is, uh, it was pretty darn appropriate when we were talking about the, the challenging, uh, sol- solar aspects that are going on right now. Um, 36 translates to darkening of the light an eclipse hiding one's light brilliance, injured censorship, keeping a low profile, hiding your feelings. I feel like this hexagram really reflects Saturn in Leo that is, is, is related to that first second of Leo, like where it's, it may be, we feel like our light is repressed a little bit, but we have to figure out how to work within these, these times that are a little bit challenging. Um, I'm gonna tell you a story, Janet, about 36 real quick. You have a few more minutes? Oh
1: yeah. Okay,
0: so this is a story from various forms of the I Ching, uh, various translations. And they talk about the, the last days of the Shang dynasty in China when it was falling into corruption. And we had a prince, his name was Prince Ji, or I think, it's, I think that's how you pronounce it, who was one of the last remaining virtuous persons on the court. And his I think his uncle or someone who had taken over was, was you know, getting all crazy with drunken madness, you know maybe some of the, the Dionysian donkey revelry, you know that we were talking about. <laughs> um, but the rulers were so drunk that they didn't even know what day it was. And um, the, these, they sent out some heralds to speak to Prince G and basically were like, "Hey, do you know what day it is?" And if he had said that he had known what day it was, it would have put him in a lot of danger. Because if he wasn't like conforming, quote unquote, to the the craziness, it would have. It, they probably would have killed him. That doesn't mean that he cooperated with them, though. So what he did is he feigned drunkenness and madness to re, to be able to uh, preserve his integrity. So yeah. I think I, th- I thought that story was really cool because I think that. We're hiding our light for survival sometimes here. Um, we may be heading into times where it may be dangerous to to completely express your opinion, your s- authenticity in certain sic- situations where it could become uh, dangerous. That doesn't mean that you are letting go of your values. That doesn't mean that you are uh, not going to be able to be your true self in the future. It just means that's like, Hey, there may be somebody crazy around that you need to kind of like not engage with uh, in the time being, but also not help them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, And I definitely feel like there are some dangerous situations that are starting to crop up politically, um, which is unfortunate because we—I feel like we've made a lot of progress as far as being able to express ourselves. Um, more genuinely, but there seems to be a pushback on that from various corners of belief systems that is frightening, I will say, on some level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope that all of you out there who may be living on the fringe of society or or are trying to integrate and become more equal voices uh, are staying safe and that you're able to be your authentic self within um, this rise of authoritarianism i I hate to use the word but fascism and late stage capitalism where uh and white supremacy let's just be totally real about it where some of those forces are starting to gain um more notoriety and power and I, i i worry about some of my friends in various parts of the world and with various different ways of living um it's it's a difficult time right now for women too, like, right. I mean, an historically oppressed group as well. So do you have any thoughts on that, Janet?
1: Well, what you're speaking to right now ties back into the, the five of wands that like thread of service and, you know, of being, you know, confrontational only to the extent where it's safe in order to, to like, protect yourself and those you love and your communities kate in the chat saying hiding light to survive strikes a chord um and i think that was really interesting you telling that story about g and the drunkenness because we've got a couple different threads like Sekmet getting drunk on like the blood colored beer and so there's definitely like also, the camel being a symbol of sobriety, there's definitely like a keep your wits about you and be smart um, and like allow others to get drunk on their power while you sort of like slide under the radar to stay safe. I don't know. That's what I'm getting from all of that stuff coming together.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. And Raven's mentioning there's been a very worrisome rise in homophobia and transphobia that's very scary. I, I agree, Raven, that is that is scary. There, there has definitely been pushback from uh, extreme conservative forces in in all parts of the world right now, and it's it is becoming a little bit unsafe for to for people of alternative lifestyles to be themselves. And it's it's sad. It makes me really sad. It just hurts, you know, that people aren't allowed to be who they want to be. Um, well,
1: I think that you're doing it right, right, because you're using your bodily privilege to talk about these things and to bring those issues to more people because i think that's what's necessary is that folks who do have certain privileges need to to speak out you know like trans women are women um right like disabled people deserve to live a life we can wear masks simple things right like if you can take a stand that's the five of wands right
0: Well, that's something we've been trying to do more of here on this channel is uh, part of uh, becoming a Leo Regulus-ish type thing is not caring as much if you offend someone who is perpetuating evil. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think that there was a time in the past where my Midwestern uh, white sensibility was like, we don't rock the boat. We need to like, you know, be, uh, take the middle path and everything. And, and, uh, that's part of the problem we are having in, in leadership in America right now is that there's this, people don't want to rock the boat where that's not going to work anymore. Sorry. You have to take a stand for, for the good of the planet, for the good of these underserved communities. It's just, you can't do half measures anymore. It just, isn't going to work so i hope that that is making my audience feel safe and supported here um if you don't resonate with those things and this isn't for you sorry (laughs) like you know we're we're gonna try to continue to promote equality and fairness and love on this channel so again i think that i'll try to amplify those voices as much as i can and i try to bring as much diversity into this channel and amplify those voices as well. So I hope that you all feel that out there and um, I hope that we've created that safe space here for all of you. So back to this I Ching. there's two changing lines. Uh, the first changing line says, darkening them of the light during flight. He lowers his wings. The superior person does not eat for three days on his travels. There is somewhere to go. The host gossips. Okay. So, The notes I have for this say, facing great obstacles now, which obviously we've been talking about for two hours, how challenging this this space weather is. Um, And you can't surmount the current difficulties all at once. Uh, Attempts will meet with hostility and opposition. Uh, It's important to withdraw from situations to move on. Fold your wings, right? Uh, there's, there's, There's wisdom in knowing when to fight and when to just back off. And sometimes time will solve the problem for you rather than making this big show of strength. I think that's what we see here too. Sometimes just through some humility and saying, you know what, I'm going to back off. Let's have a timeout. Let's go back and like be in our own spaces and it's okay not to have to figure it out. Sometimes by drawing that hard line in the sand, that's when you create a position that you're not going to be able to back off of and you create a destruction. Of a relationship and that's man that's can be so difficult to heal from when you've made a declarative statement i'm speaking from experience because i've made plenty of ultimatums in my life as a leo mm-hmm. right at, at a taurus moon quite frankly Whereas i was just like, no <laughs> like but ultimately i think i hope that i've been able to wake up in time to be like okay i need to back off this position and with, withdraw and thank you rachel for the super sticker i super appreciate you I think this is a huge thing for Leo season is knowing when to say when and not get into that fixed position of pride where you're, it's more about like the principle of the thing rather than dealing with the issue at hand. Um, It says, don't compromise principles while you wait for your improvement, maintain faith in your ultimate goals and don't surrender the values due to temporary setbacks, ignore the critics and naysayers, keep going, but safeguard your inner light. Okay. Just a withdrawal does not mean giving up like this is something where in like the art of war or something, there are times when, you know, you need to withdraw the the troops, so to speak, to live to fight another day. If you lose the battle, you don't have to lose the war type of thing, right? Maybe we're in that time in history where some of the forces of evil are on the rise, but eventually this is something where uh, this next line comes into play. It says, not bright, but dark. First he ascends to heaven, then he fell into the earth. So this hexag, I love this line in the I Ching because this is so instructive. It says the darkening of the light has gone as far as it can go. Evil consumes itself eventually if you starve it of the good, right? If you If you starve evil of something to fight against, eventually it starts to consume itself. I love that, right? Mm-hmm. So bad times coming to an end potentially. Power and resources are misused in the past, but now you can find a new way forward. The seeds of change, hope for the future. Darkness destroys itself and good will prevail again. That gave me some hope, right?
1: Yeah. I I found
0: this too. Go ahead.
1: That's so beautiful. There's so many threads in there that like came up in the chat too. Like the, the, like the darkening of the light. Like there's just so many little instances of, of resonance of what we were talking about with the wisdom of the crone and i just keep thinking about like storing up that value and the, the camel passing through the needle yeah is is more likely than a rich man getting into heaven right so it's like this idea of storing up um that value and what is your core value um, and letting that be your guiding principle through the hard times yeah. right
0: yeah safeguarding that that flame because you don't want to let the flame go out even if it's not as bright as it could be it, it's you still are the one that is tending to it and this is something i'll say to you carol just i've to talked to you carol even if that light feels repressed by the saturn opposition that you are responsible for tending to that flame right and you have to keep it alive through your faith and your hope even if others aren't feeding into that flame because flame flames can be fed by other people's fuel But ultimately, like this is something I've learned from studying Hestia, too. I I pray to Hestia every morning, the keeper of the sacred flame. Sometimes we're the only ones that are going to keep that flame alive. But it's so important that we do, because eventually that flame can turn into something massive. And and it doesn't have to be now. It could be in the future. But if you don't keep that flame alight, it it will go out. And then there's something, uh, there's no chance for that in the future, right? And I want to uh, thank you for the super sticker, Tarya. Appreciate you. Um, I wanted to shout out Rachel here that says, I heard Rick Levine quote the Arabic proverb again recently, trust in Allah and tie your camel. I actually really love that story. And the the gist of that story is, uh, and I'll super paraphrase it, there were two people in the desert that were uh, staying in an inn for the night. One of the people was like, hey, we should go tie this, camel up, right? And the other person's like, nah, nah, I'll, I'll trust in Allah. I'll trust in God to take care of it. And they wake up the next morning and the camels have run out. And the And the wise person says, well, trust in Allah, but tether your camel, which is a great, uh, great representation of have faith, pray, you know, but also take the necessary steps to take care of your physical business, right? You know, y- y- like for me, the universe will provide but it's not just going to bring everything to your doorstep. It, it could bring you an idea that you have to act upon. It can bring you some kind of, uh, you know, a situation that you have to be able to take advantage of. But then you've got to do the rest. You know, yeah. it's not going to do it for you. So I think that's great advice. Um, so yeah, and D is agreeing with some of these things here today. Yeah, and Kate says even one degree of light breaks the day. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. So that this hexagram with these two changing lines is changing to number fifty-two, which is basically the mountain, keeping still, restraint, keeping quiet, attaining interpe- inner peace, enduring, which is very camel-like, taking one day at a time. The mountain's a great a great symbol for this. Uh, I, I don't know if those of you that you study um, Chinese. Uh, feng shui but you have everybody has like a kua number you've heard of kua numbers janet
1: well i have not no
0: yeah so it's based on your your uh the year that you're born you have a certain energetic um element like for me as a as a person born in 1980 i believe they do it um, it it is a uh let me think it's the mount i am the mountain i'm kua number two which is big earth (laughs) like so that is some of the energy that I try to lean into as a personality, is as being this rock that over the course of time is stable, is able to be consistent. So we have to be like the mountain, and realizing that the mountain will be there. The mountain is going to, you know, weather all these changes over the course of time, and it's going to take time to change it as well. Like it, mountains change over eons. Sometimes they outlast these temporary you know, forest fires, climate changes. It's, you know, coming to alignment with our enduring energy. But 52 to me is all about meditation. It's about quieting the mind. Um, It's about letting the thoughts uh, consolidate so that you're not having that monkey mind chattering away Mm -hmm. today. What do you think? Uh,
1: I love that because it brings us back to that sort of, you know, we want to keep Keep things going in like a one day at a time nature, um, and but not in an entrenched way, and in a way that is like just keeping the momentum going enough that we can get through a difficult time, yeah. and and what you were saying just now, like chatter, the calming the mind, like a little bit of meditation, even if it's just like a couple minutes of like intentional mind gathering every day is more valuable than you know, half an hour once a week, right? So it's like this consistency one day at a time. It's how we're really going to get through the difficult skies.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Rachel's asking if all of our us 1980s are big earth. That that was why I was stumbling on this. There's, there's something that I'm not exactly sure how to address in that system of divination where if you were born, Male or female, you have a different Kua number. So I don't, I don't know exactly know how to address that um, in in the current uh, way we are approaching gender. But if you are born male, you have Big Earth in 1980. If you're born female, uh, biologically female in, in 1980, you are you are water. So that is the element that you have. So it changes for for gender, um, and I don't know how we would deal with that with the the way that we're um, moving as a society, but something maybe to think about. I'm, I, I'd be curious if there are people that are practicing that um, more regularly. How they would approach that as well. So, asking questions, right?
1: Yeah, you don't so. have to be the expert on everything.
0: That's right. Yeah, tell that to my Virgo placements over. and Tell it again,
1: Spencer. <laughs> like, you don't have to like... be the expert on everything. I promise <laughs> you.
0: Thanks, Janet. <laughs> Thanks, Mama. Thanks, Mama Janet. <laughs> Thanks. I love it.
1: Mm. All right.
0: Well, Janet, this was so much fun. My goodness.
1: Yeah, what like a great it- time.
0: All right. And tell me before we go, just tell me about your ink here, your beautiful ink that you have.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the two of cups, right? Yeah. Um. I don't have the whole snake and staff situation but i've always wanted to yeah my first my first tarot like i got into tarot around the same time as i started getting interested in tattoos and so my that was one of my first tarot tattoos i have a couple i have the the chariot nice here and then i also have um an ace of swords cool and i have a huge death back
0: piece and i love that you wore lion or leopard print today big cat big cat energy
1: we're needing we're allowing ourselves to be seen today
0: yes absolutely
1: as a night chart leo i'm like okay it can happen every now and again
0: (laughs) yeah and as a 12th house son (laughs) i'm with you all right, friends. I, so many great comments. Raven's asking us to keep Kansas in our, in our thoughts with our votes on, on uh, abortion rights in the state during this rough astral weather. We're definitely keep you keeping you in our prayers, Raven. Hopefully we have equal and fair access to reproductive rights for everyone. Um, we need to, Rachel says, we need to record that for Spencer G. <laughs> if we recorded. I'll be able to watch it over again. I'll, I'll bookmark it. We'll, we'll have a little clip. Yeah, I'll timestamp it and be like, oh, there it is. Yeah, clip, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Prudence is saying thanks for our time and, and knowledge today. Thank all of you for your contributions in the chat box today. Super great chat. Always amazed at the wisdom that comes out of there. Uh, thank you, Janet. Again, Janet, we can visit you at your website, which is?
1: www.goodsigil.com. i'll put it in the chat um and i'm good sigil on all of my socials
0: and while you're doing that while we're wrapping this up can you put the name of that crowley book in the chat too or a link to it sure. i would like to see that that's one that i would love to add to my collection um and though for those of you who are stopping in today uh, again thank you so much for all your comments leave us a comment please hit the like button to please the algorithmic gods subscribe to the channel again I have a Decans of Leo webinar coming up on August the 20th at 1 p.m. on Saturday that's a great way to dive even further into these Leonine archetypes Uh, we have um, a good friend from the chat coming and joining us on August 3rd Portia Bazzani will be joining me on August the 3rd to talk about the full moon in Aquarius 2 so uh, please tune in for that and again Throughout this time, it's it's really I know it's cliche and it's it's you know a little sentimental and uh, but it is important to be kind to yourself during this time. Be kind to one another, but but of course you know being kind to one another starts with loving yourself, with with really like protecting that inner light, whether people are watching or not. Um, you can look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? I did the best I could today. And even if it wasn't the best I've ever done in the past, it's the best I could do today. And that's good enough for today, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, friends. That's what I've got for you. Thank you so much, Janet. This was a pleasure. And I will see all of you the next time. Take care, friends.